What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, how's everyone doing? I hope everyone is surviving the best they can, attending some protests, staying safe to the best of their ability. 2020 continues to be fucking wild, y'all. That being said, got to have a quick word from our sponsors, those fine folks that bring me a little bit of booze and bring this podcast to you week after 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 week. Getting a little stir crazy in the house. First and foremost, we are brought to you by the video versions of And Now We Drink. The video versions are available on Vimeo in full HD, ad-free. Fire it up, get right into the madness. Completely uncensored. Nudity happens. Check them out for 99 cents an episode or $6.99 a month. Get you all the episodes streaming unlimited. It's amazing. Check them out at anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Twitch. Twitch is not a sponsor, but I am Twitch streaming. So please, please come sponsor me. Come sponsor me being a special needs video game player. Pop into the stream. Come bullshit with me in the chat. Watch me play some video games. Watch me yell at some ignorant shit at some of my friends while we play video games. Got a couple streams a week. I got a schedule up on my Twitch at twitch.tv slash Slayer. URLs in the description of the episode as well. Come throw some support in. If you got Amazon Prime, throw me that free sub. I love you for it. And we are also brought to you this week by a real fucking sponsor of this show. Our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please. As features you can't get anywhere else. Things like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and comes packaged with a 12 by 12 album inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing recipe. Vinyl Me Please has been a sponsor for a long time. And there's a reason. I believe in this product. They're not like Record of the Month Clubs of old. They're month to month. No strings attached. Get some awesome vinyl. Get some cocktail recipes. Can't beat that. And if you're not impressed, just quit. Walk the fuck away. Trust me, drinking buddies. You will love Vinyl Me Please. So check them out today at www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. My guest this week is comedian Lawrence Rosales. When I sat down with Lawrence, this was uh, in May, a little over a month ago, he was going through some shit, sleeping on an air mattress in Washington. He had recently been divorced. Uh, rough time for the dude, but this was a fun episode. It gets a a lot sloppy by the end. But I think me and Lawrence had a good time with it, and I hope you enjoy the fuck out of it as well. So sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. That's a brand new airbed behind me. I don't want anybody thinking I'm not classy. That is a uh, it's a four day old airbed. Are you? Have you violated social distancing with it yet? Uh, with myself, you know, uh, with myself, pretty hard. Nice. Got to fight that prostate cancer. 
Is that, is that how you do it? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, science has proven that if men ejaculate at least 21 times a month, it, it reduces levels in prostate cancer. 21 times a month? Yeah. Oh, then I'm gold. I'll never get prostate cancer, that's for sure. I mean, it's literally, you got to get the poison out. Well, I don't have health insurance, but I can jerk off at least 30 times a month. Exactly, on a slow month. Those are like pre-quarantine levels. Pre-quarantine levels? Yeah, 30 times a month. That's only like pre-quarantine, post-quarantine. Oh, that is true. During quarantine, we could probably get it up to 40, 45. Yeah. Yeah, Got to give the rest a rest. I like to get to the number of presidents every month. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's important to me. Where are we at, 46, 45? I mean, depends on what your political leanings are. Some people don't consider 45 a president. Oh, well, some people didn't consider 44 a president, so. This is true. So I, I feel like you should just round up to 50, be safe. Well, you know, got to do it for the prostate. Got to do it for America. And thankfully, I'm already so, recording, so. Oh, I was about to ask when we're going to. Well, Normally, we we're going to get into it, but that bit just cannot not be on the internet. What? I was talking about our masturbation habits. Oh. I think everybody knows mine. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're aware of mine, too. But it's good to have them all in one place so people don't have to Google two different things. It's nice to just point at the rules. You, know, you don't have to say them. Mm, but this is an audio format, mostly, so we do have to say it. Just well, you point to where the podcast is. You go, guys, wherever you're getting your podcast, point at it. That's where the rules are. Yes. Hear about two middle-aged men talking about their masturbation habits. It's the content that everyone's tuning in for. <laughs> Ass cancer. The only thing they're not going to get. Oh, cheers. Looks like you're toasting me. So we'll do that. Cheers. Cheers. So besides masturbating quite a bit in the four days that you've had this bed, what else is going on with you, Lawrence? Oh, man. I, uh, life's weird right now. I'm quarantine. You know, comedy doesn't exist. Um, we're all just kind of Uber drivers with opinions. And um, I mean, to be fair, that's a lot of comedy before the quarantine, too. Oh, yeah. But at least you had comedy, you know, to go to at the end of the night. I, uh, now you're just an Uber driver with a lot of opinions. And, uh, so yeah, I've just been working Uber. I've been uh, living in Washington now for like three weeks. It'll be here for like two more weeks. I uh, we'll call it a sabbatical. Took a sabbatical. Why did you take a sabbatical? Oh uh, well, got addicted to drugs and got a divorce. Well, that's a a good reason to take a sabbatical. It's like eat, pray, love, but it was just you know, sex and drugs and not learning any lessons. There's a lot to unpack on the. Drugs and divorce and ending up in Washington. For my audience who doesn't know Lawrence, he is normally based out of Texas. So Yes. Okay. Um, based out of Dallas, Texas. Okay. So why Washington first and foremost? Uh, I had a – I'm very lucky in that I had a, a friends – a group of friends kind of around the country. And, uh, you know, I got offered a few places to stay for a little while. One was Washington. One was New York. New York didn't seem like a good idea uh, for the pandemic. So I said, give me Washington. So I got shipped out. And uh, now I'm here until the end of the month. And then where are you off to? 
back to Dallas and hopefully back to being on the road doing comedy. You really think that's going to happen in the next month? Uh, not the next month, but you know, Dallas is already open. Dallas is uh, the Addison Improv had shows last Friday. How many people actually showed up to that? I heard there was like 40 or 50 or something like that. I think that's the most they were allowed. Uh, I mean, the... Texas is not taking this shit serious at all. Oh, I know. I, uh, yeah. I think the problem is in a couple of weeks, they may fucking shut back down and be like, oh, that was a mistake. Yeah, I'm a little worried that as soon as I'm heading there, it's going to all shut down. Are you able to extend in Washington if you want to? or? Um, You know, that's on the good grace of my friends. And they're moving back to Texas, so I don't know uh, what their plan would be. Hopefully. If you're not able to do comedy when you get back to Texas, what's the plan? You kill myself. Well, make sure live streaming at least. You'll be famous post-mortem. Oh, definitely. I, uh, you know, it would be weird to not cash in those likes, but I know I'll get them. I, uh, no, I, I don't know. It would suck if comedy, like, actually went away. This month or two months has been, like, really hard of, uh, just not having that whole thing to do all the time, you know? Have you attended any of, like, the Zoom open mics? No, no, I, I haven't. It, uh, I think just sitting through, like, sitting in the room and watching somebody bomb is, like, hard. But, like, looking at them like this and watching them bomb, that'd be fucking miserable. I, uh, so, no, I haven't done any of that. I've just been writing in my, my little black books and waiting. What, what material you've been working on? Is it stuff, like, about COVID or just your divorce and drugs? and uh, All of the above. I think COVID is going to... I think you got to reference it because like as comics, you know, it's like everybody, obviously it's where we're at, but uh, I don't know. I haven't found like an angle for the COVID thing other than like my experience with it, which has been ending up in Seattle um, and just, you know, just that kind of shit. I had a homeless person yell algorithm at me. That was pretty, uh, very Seattle thing to have happen. It was also very insulting. I, uh, you know, it's like, I get it, a comic Uber driver. It's like, you know, fucking, it's not the most original thing. But, you know, either is being homeless and yelling at people on the street. So fuck that guy. <laughs> I, uh, look, in Texas, whenever you're homeless, I feel like there's like, look, you got to respect homeless people. You got to give them their dignity. But they, where I'm from, they're dressed or they look a certain way. This kid snuck up on me. Like, he looked like he could be like a fucking coder or something. You know, he just yells algorithm at me in a very homeless person's house. And I was like, oh, fuck. Fuck you, man. That's like against the Geneva Convention. You can't just walk out here like you work for Google and then be a goddamn homeless person who insults me in front of strangers. Are you sure he doesn't work for Google? Well, it's Seattle, so I just assume they all work for Google. Or Amazon. Or Amazon. You see all the trucks roll out from there in the morning, and it's just like there's just like a highway full of Amazon trucks. So this is kind of terrifying. Oh yeah, nothing like them making record profits during all this. Do they have, do they have more money than the uh, military? No, no, our military spending's in the trillions. It's going to be interesting when they do. Yeah, well, when they become start to become a threat to the defense contractors, then we'll see them go away. 
that's my uh, doomsday scenario. It's fucking Amazon out, you know, has, they're able to outfund the governments and, uh, you know, we all become drones. It might be too late. <laughs> it might be too late. I think you're right. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, I technically make money off Amazon right now, so eh. I shouldn't, shouldn't talk too much shit about my overlord. I, uh, I feel bad because your podcast is great. I listened today, but I thought when you started reading ads and you said, this is where I make most of my money, I thought, God damn it, I got to start a podcast. No, I, I don't make most of my money off this fucking podcast. I make most of my money producing other people's podcasts. Ah, okay. So you make money off podcasts, not your podcast. I make some money off my podcast, but I don't make all my money off my podcast. Well, sounds like you're doing better than most comedians, so... Well, I'm not a comedian, so you never you never dabbled, you never hit an open mic. Nope, I have no fucking writing chops. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent, no fucking writing chops. How did I meet you? Because I know I met you through uh, Bobby, right? Right, yeah, through Bobby. Did y'all grow up together or something? Uh, we both from Chicago. You know, Chicago bar scene, mutual friends, all that fun shit. Oh, okay. You said no writing chops, and made me think of Bobby. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Not that, not that way. Just uh-huh. that he's a writer. Uh-huh. And Bobby. And so uh, Bobby's great. Uh, back in the day, before comedy, I uh, did a podcast that I hope nobody looks up called New Worlds, um, where I would read my short stories or someone else's short stories, and then I would interview them. And uh, Bobby was a guest on there. Nice. Is that how you originally met Bobby? Yeah. So for the audience. We're talking about author Robert Dean, who's been on the show multiple times. Just great in- dude, great interview, good writer. Oh, yeah. One of my best friends. Every time he comes to L.A., we get ridiculously drunk. Just fall, oh, down, really? fall down ridiculously drunk. I don't know if I get fall down ridiculously drunk anymore. I'm too scared. What are you scared of? I don't have health insurance, everything. I don't know. I mean... See, I need to have your. I could roll an ankle and end up homeless. You know what I mean? Like I could. When you don't have health insurance, you know everything's an extreme sport. This is true. This is why you got to move to California and like get our fucking heavily subsidized fucking insurance because our state is like we're here. Have some welfare. Oh well, you know what? <clears throat> As a guy with an airbed behind him, sounds pretty good. Hey, when I first moved to LA, I technically didn't have a job, and immediately got. You know, the welfare insurance. Really? Hmm. Like, I had had residency for under 90 days, and I'm like, I'm signing up for Covered California, and they're like, here you go. See, my buddy gave me a link here where he said, uh, you've been here long enough. He's like, you could just sign up and get health insurance through Washington. And I was like, that doesn't sound like it makes sense at all. Like, I'm from Texas. You get a gun eventually, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I, uh, we're already reopened, you know, fucking our ice cream kills people. We just brought brass knuckles back. You remember brass knuckles? Oh, yeah. I mean, technically, they're all paperweights now. That's how, how you're allowed to carry them. Uh, well, not in Texas. We legalized them again. We brought them back. We said, y'all remember brass knuckles? Get them out of here. What? Uh-huh. What possible justification could they have for brass knuckles? What? It actually is a, a good weapon for um, maybe the smaller people or a woman, perhaps. As there were cases, I guess, they had court cases where uh, women had defended themselves with uh, brass knuckles. So under the guise of, well, it's good for the ladies, we brought back brass knuckles. 
hey, ladies in Texas, small frame pistols work real well, too. That's true. That's true. You don't have to worry about some dude wrestling you and you unable to throw a punch. It's, it's uh, pretty easy to hit somebody in the face with brass knuckles. You know, I got to assume that's got to suck. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, I would assume pretty easy to restrain someone who's much smaller than his wrists. I'm not in the habit of pinning down smaller people, but I would assume. I, uh, look, pinning down smaller people is not hard, but if they punch you in the face with brass knuckles, it's going to suck. Yes, but they have uh, the situational awareness to get the brass knuckles out, put them on their hand, and then hit you. I don't know if you've been to Texas lately, but these women are just walking around with their brass knuckles on already. It is, uh, it's a pretty kinky place. But what happens if dudes are just walking around with brass knuckles then? Then you have a fair fight. Well, you know, you can't walk around with brass knuckles on because then you're not a gentleman. So, you know, those are the If rules. you bling them out, like if they say something. Bling them out reminds me. I went to a sex club one time. It's <laughs> the best segue ever, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> and they, they were playing. Uh, there was a porn that was playing at one point, And there was a, uh, a black gentleman who was, um, I would say, accosting this woman on film. But he was wearing 10 rings. Okay? Like, this is two Thanos gloves. Two of them. And uh, to me, if you're wearing more than one ring, it, it's got to be a Super Bowl ring. There's no reason for you to have more than one ring. Uh, so I normally rock like 10, nine, ten rings. But, really? Yes. Well, you know, I stepped on it there, but uh, it's no, okay. Fuck that. You can insult my back. Explain yourself. Why are you wearing so many rings? Because I want to. Because I can. Because this is America. And my hands are free. Ah, oh, shit. Sorry. I'm trying to fix the light. Because your hands are free. What? Does ten rings not get in the way of you jerking off? You got to take those off every well, yeah, time I you jerk off. Take them off. I mean, I'm not wearing them right now. I mean, this is actually the first podcast I've done remotely where I wasn't wearing a bathrobe. So. If I, if I was a woman and I saw a dude wearing 10 rings, I'd be like, is this dude single or does he want to get married really bad? Oh, no. Uh, they're all like <laughs> they're all like fucking skulls and fucking like heavy metal rings. So, Oh, you didn't have to say that. When you said 10 rings, I knew. Okay. Oh, I, I knew there were some skulls involved. Well, no one who sees 10 skull rings is like, that dude wants to get married. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of goth girls out there wearing brass knuckles that uh, might take you up on it. Well, it sounds like I need to move to Dallas. No, actually, I don't. I've been to Dallas. Hey, hey, it's not that bad. No, Rad Barbecue. Uh, my ex fiance lives there. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> she's happily married with a kid, so not my problem. Oh, well, hey, not your kid. Definitely not my kid. Not your problem. Definitely hey, I'm 35. Not. I've made it this far, so. I think I'm good on no kids as well. I do not feel for the people that have kids in quarantine right now. Like, just bad news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's like everyone's kid got suspended. You know what I mean? It's like, now you got to deal with him. Then I, I know some them. dumb motherfuckers with kids, so. I feel, like, I feel like when you get out of high school, everyone, every one of your friends who you thought that person should definitely not have a kid has like three within the first year. Uh, thankfully not in Chicago, mostly because a lot of my friends were unfuckable. Oh, 
The unfuckables, huh? Yeah. But a handful of them do have kids now. And it's all like, what the fuck? I don't want children ever. So can't wrap my brain around like, oh, yeah, I want to change someone's poopy fucking diaper. <laughs> that uh, I would throw up. I do have a weak stomach. I, uh, how old are you, Matt? 39. 39. Okay. So we're on the same age. I'm the same way, man. Kids are, uh, I'm barely taking care of myself. If I could sue myself for negligence, I really think I would have a good case. I, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. So with the weak stomach, no period sex? Well, I mean, that, there's different kinds of gross. You know, some people don't like the way enchiladas look. I love enchiladas. Um, not to say I love period sex, but I don't, I don't understand what I don't understand what the issue would be. I don't either. I don't either. I'm completely down for it whenever it is offered. Did you say you love it though? Oh yeah, that's that's a pretty aggressive opinion on. I mean, nothing Nothing makes me feel like a man like then having fucking blood from here to here, just looking like I murdered someone with my penis. Ugh. It sounds like you prefer it. No, I mean, it's just, I'm not going to wait around to just bang once a month. <laughs> I do like the idea of, yeah, you just, you know, just treat me like an oil change. You're like, oh, well, it's that time of the month and I got to go change this oil. Exactly. I, uh, stick the dipstick in, you know, see where the levels are at. I like how we got from sex club to uh, period sex. Oh, yeah. I look forward to where we're going now. Your, your sex club story. I, there, was there more to that or was it just the. Uh, oh, no, no. It was, uh, there was just a guy with 10 Super Bowl rings. I'm like, you can't really finger her. You can't really touch her that much. You know, you're wearing 10 rings. Uh, it's. Uh, Right? What do you do whenever you hook up with a woman? Do you have to take those rings off one by one? What does she do while you do that? Well, I don't have thumb rings on, so it's... I don't have to worry about that. Well, no. Hand on top. But that's... I mean, I'm not... They're also not loose enough that I'm worried about losing a ring inside someone. Yeah, but wouldn't a ring hurt for the woman? Matt, are you, stick, are you sticking your... Are you sticking your ringed fingers in these women? Well, they are stainless steel. It's fine. <laughs> they're stainless steel oh Jesus Christ I mean you don't want I, uh, have corroded rings that looks weird I like how you immediately went with the thumb you're like no I mean I put a thumb in her butt but you know yeah. then I don't have to wear thumb rings I'm like you're really coming prepared for uh, thumbs and butts and period sex Man. you've listened to the show this surprises <laughs> you how you know what? That reminds me. I was listening to your show today, and uh, the uh, the chick that you had on, the woman, uh, I don't remember what her name was. Damn it. Anyways, I didn't know that strippers like went on the road. Oh, yeah. That's a full-on thing. And the clubs that book them call them features. Yes. Yeah, that's a comic. That's what comics do. Yeah. I, uh, it's very similar. Right? I mean, it's the same damn thing. It's, uh, you know, one is uh, a lot sexier. I can tell you that. Uh, and it sounds like it's a lot more uh, financially viable. Sounds like they make good money instead well, of no money. See, that's what we have to encourage in the future for comics is people making it rain on comics. Why what do you mean? Why is it socially acceptable to make it rain on a girl, but it's not socially acceptable to make it rain on a comic? 
hey, I, I back that. If that's your platform, I'm voting for you every time. I think it's a thing uh, we should start. We should start it being just encouraging. If no, if you want to heckle, you got to make it rain. No, like I, I don't want claps. You know, don't stand. Put your money in the basket that's being passed around uh, your tables right now with the checks, and you know it's not fucking church. Fuck that. No, they got to make it fucking full on like Atlanta strip club rain on you. Use the dollar bill gun. Nah, dude. Because if it's church, you don't have to pay taxes. Well, no, no, you're a church, but I don't want it passed around like a fucking, you know, you're tied into the fucking comic. No, no, you dirty girl. I want to make it rain on you. Tell jokes. Make it rain. Do you have to report money that you make it rain on? You know, I mean, they're tips. Legally, legally, yes. Whatever you do between you and your accountant and the IRS is between you and your accountant and the IRS. I mean, I guess you have to... uh... You have to pay taxes on, like, getting the rain. You know what I mean? But whoever gets the rain doesn't have to pay taxes because that's a tip. Yeah. All right. I think we well, 100% we, we've come up with something here. We should, going forward, we got to figure out how to work it into all touring comics acts that, you know, encourage the audience to make it rain. Be like, just put on the flyers, like, bring singles. Yeah. Or do you guys want to buy merch? Because it's going to be sad. It's going to be real sad coming over that table and talking to me and acting like, you know, everything's cool and you're not noticing how weird everything is. And uh, you're buying a shirt that says Blanche and uh, or you can just throw money at me. It's not more fun. Exactly. Especially when they see how excited you get in the middle of your joke is you're just like getting rained on. <laughs> if the joke bombs, they can throw coins and make a wish. Yeah. And. If we'll you're really ta- if you're really talented, you can make a roll of quarters disappear, right? I, I don't think I could. You know, practice. Oh man, yeah. times will be tough. You work. Ugh, I just think about that roll of pennies and your rings, and I'm like, these are all period things. So coppery, oh, so coppery, so coppery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really rolling with a, uh, you know, we got our color scheme down. Just a metallic flavor in your mouth. Oh man. This is the kind of podcast you signed up for. This is what you get for saying on Facebook, bring me on your podcast. Hey, look, I'm dying for something to do, honestly. It's been so hard uh, not doing the comedy thing. I was listening to these strippers saying they're turning drinks down. I'm like, man, we're just getting paid in two drink tickets. And I was like, but we're doing the same damn job. Um, You know, you ever dance for a couple? It's harder than dancing for one person, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, Yeah, you got to dance like the whole audience. Yeah, but you no one's trying to put their fingers you. inside you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, some people do. You know, it's a small, there's always, that's just any large room of people. There's going to be a few of those, um, just statistically, that would be totally cool with putting a finger in your butt. Um, they'd prefer it, like you with period sex. Or, uh, <laughs> or how much I prefer our color scheme that we've invented. But, uh, yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Oh, just, we're talking about it. Future comedy club patrons should tip like they're at strip clubs. That was the the overall. With the economy just collapsed, so I mean that's that's a GoFundMe. That's how we should GoFundMe everybody. Singles and tips. Make it rain, you know, because if it's not enough, it's still going to feel good. Oh yeah. Nothing like getting back to your dirty motel room and just rolling around in singles. 
Because, well, no, like at the end of the day, you can't go home and like tell your wife or somebody and be like, no, you know, today, like, I mean, somebody made me made it rain on me this morning. But then after that, like lunch kind of sucked. You know what I mean? Like you have to like cash out and like somebody made it rain on you. That's a good day. It is. Always brightens my day. Mm-hmm. That $1,200. Where is it now? You know, I'm not telling anybody. Um, what $1,200? I don't know what you're talking about. The stimulus money. Hmm. Well, I guess that's a thing. Did you get your stimulus check? Didn't everybody get like twelve hundred dollars? Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I did. I, I spent a quarter of it on groceries immediately. God, are you guys like? Are you having groceries delivered to your place? I am. <sighs> that's fucking. So you guys are like on that hard of a lockdown. I mean, I could go out and get groceries, but the last time I went out to get groceries, shit made me so fucking angry. I'm like, fuck this. What are people doing? Just, okay. So, first and foremost, LA is mandatory masks right now, if you're in public. And I know that me wearing a mask doesn't protect me, but it does, supposed to protect other motherfuckers from whatever might be coming out of my gaping holes. I get to the store. First and foremost, just half the motherfuckers, no no fucking masks on whatsoever. It's like, cool. We We don't care. We don't care about our communities or people around us. Motherfucking security guard has his mask on his chin like this, like just walking around like you ignorant motherfucker. You're in here all fucking day. You have the, like one of the highest risks of infection of anyone in this goddamn store, and you're not trying to protect people. Isn't that your fucking job, Mister Security Guard? And then you add in motherfuckers are still rolling like whole family units deep into the store. You don't need four people to go grocery shopping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the truck by yourself for once. Right. You know what I mean? It's full good. You ignorant fucks. They'll help you unload it. You don't need four people to make decisions on fucking groceries. Oh, yeah. If you're lazy, this is a great time. You're like, yeah, I just sit at home and order Uber Eats every day. And everybody's like, you're doing great. That's You're really a hero. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm really doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a good time to be lazy. People are bringing shit to you. You don't have to get out of your car. Um. <laughs> Yeah, but also, I mean, I don't mean to shit on gig workers, but almost every fucking delivery I've had to my house has been grossly incompetent. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Well, I mean, it's a delivery driver. Okay, here's a simple one. I ordered a fucking pizza. Requested no Uh contact delivery. Ding dong. Okay, I wait a minute. I go get the food. Dude's still fucking standing there with the fucking pizza. He's standing with a pizza, no fucking mask on, no gloves on, fucking looking sweaty. I'm like, I'm not even sure I should take this pizza off him. Well, you did order pizza in a pandemic, you know, so I mean, there is some like, there is some responsibility on, I'm I'm on the defense of the uh, driver, as you can tell, but there is some responsibility to you to be like, it's kind of weird to be like, yeah, I got a pizza order in a pandemic. The guy brought it over and he like seemed like he might be sick and it sucked. And it's like, well yeah, that's what I think ordering pizza in a pandemic would be like. For sure. But when it's hey, I'm making your job easier. You don't have to wait for me. You could put the pizza on the fucking ground and walk away that you stood there and fucking waited for me. Uh. Look, sometimes you're getting a lot of texts from a lot of people that are upset with you. Uh you're a little distracted. And, uh, you know, you roll up to the place and you just do what you normally do because you're a robot. You're a drone. You walk up to the door. You knock on it. Dude opens up the door, looks at you weird. And in that moment, you think, 
fuck, I probably should have checked those directions. Mm-hmm. And then you just hand it to him, and you, you realize, well, I'm wearing a mask. He doesn't even know who I am. Right, that's what, uh, the is, problem was. This dude, isn't my car. I'm out of here. Dude wasn't even wearing a mask. That was the other beef. It's like, this is a point where L.A. is legally mandatory masks, and you're not wearing I feel like it's. But see, like here where everyone's not wearing one, it's like, dude, as a Mexican from Texas who's lived there my whole life, like, you know how fucking uncomfortable it is for me to put on a bandana over my face and walk into a bank? Like, any any white woman could just yell, you know, he's robbing me. And, like, I am a, not just a suspect. Like, I could be. Like, you know, that's a that's guilty. You know? I'm wearing a fuck. Like, it feels crazy to me. No, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. And, like, I do feel like a dick about it, but it's still like, I also, I, you know, I've worked as a delivery driver. I've done those jobs. It's not that fucking difficult to be like, especially when, at least in LA, no contact delivery is like the default on all the fucking deliveries right now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Um, yeah. I'm thinking about the time that I did that now, and I'm like, ah, man, I did fuck that up, but I was like, the weed in Washington's too strong. I feel like that's not my fault. Um, I didn't know that when I got here. They tell you, like, yeah, this is weed you're buying. And you're like, yeah, I know weed. Pretty familiar with weed. You're like, I know Mexican brick weed. Yeah, you're like, I don't even know what planet I'm on now. Um, Let alone weed. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, you know, sometimes, you know, people people are yelling at you on your phone. You're way too high. And uh, you end up knocking on that door, man. But it's a pandemic. So we chalk it up to pandemic. Yeah, but I also feel I'm justified by being a little fucking pissed off at like, hey, potentially exposing me to a fucking disease. That does suck because you've been sitting in your apartment like this whole time and it just have like you show up and just breathe in your apartment and it's fucked. Yeah, and I'm a, uh that would suck. I'm also trying to do the right thing and like I'm not ordering for fucking Domino's or fucking pizza. I'm ordering from like my local bar that I get pizza from. That's like a higher class of delivery driver. No, no, no. It's it's. I'm trying to support a local business. Is the only part of the reason I'm ordering a fucking pizza. It wasn't just like. Oh, okay. So we're supporting local business, right? I'm supporting where I'd like to get drunk. In the only way I can right now. Well, like, uh, do you live in like a good neighborhood or? I live in Hollywood. You live in Hollywood. Is that does that mean bad? It's a little uh, in between. Yeah, like, I, th- I always thought there were, like, two sides to Hollywood. There's, like, like the, you know, like, the casting couch side, the drug side, you know, and I don't know, the rich celebrity side. There, there's definitely still some sketch. I mean, I haven't been outside in, except for today in a couple of weeks, and there's definitely homeless encampments on, around my apartment on a couple blocks either way. We'll see. Like, it, it's like, I, I'm a big fan of fast food. I eat fast food all the time. Um what I realized with fast food places is that they have to hire local, right? No one's traveling to work at this Jack in the Box. No right. one's traveling to work at this McDonald's. Um, other than like reasonable distances. But um, sometimes in a bad neighborhood, you'll be like, yo, why is this McDonald's taking like 35 fucking minutes to make me one thing? I'm the only person here. And then she seems pretty like upset with me and rubs hands to me. Um, and I'm like, oh, because like this is where I live. This is like a terrible neighborhood. You know, what I mean, people are like getting shot. Like, no one's in a good mood. Uh, everything is terrible. But then it's like you go to a nicer side of town. You're like McDonald's is like acting like McDonald's. They're just cranking them out. And you're like, oh yeah, everybody's got to hire local. Um, 
so yeah, the thought is there. So if you live in a bad neighborhood in a pandemic, it's like, you know, you're probably going to get a shitty delivery driver. Well, with LA and the way, because it's all the fucking delivery apps, none of the fucking places have local, have their own delivery people anymore. So I feel like it's just wherever they fucking end up. It's like, oh, I got to call here. I got to call. People may end up wherever the fuck. And see. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead, please. And that, that shit pissed me off. And then I did the whole fucking grocery delivery thing after my last grocery store experience. And the broad just got a bunch of shit wrong. Just a bunch of fucking shit wrong. So what do you do? Is it like fresh produce or like fresh produce? Frozen shit? Some of the meat. She fucked up one of my pro- frozen pizzas. Frozen pizzas, huh? Yeah. How do you fuck up a frozen pizza? You don't get DiGiorno and grab the fucking house brand and then charge me for DiGiorno? Matt, you're eating frozen pizza in your apartment in a pandemic. Yeah. You know what I mean? My privilege it's is showing. The- I see. I see my privilege. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm like, you know, you, we're all taking some L's. I know. You know what I mean? I know. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, come on, man. It's. I know you're you're doing the, you know, anyone who's working in the pandemic is doing because they have to fucking work. But oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking tipping like you're working in the goddamn pandemic. So I expect my shit to at least be right. I don't expect yeah. my frozen goods or my meat to come in at room temperature because it's taking you two and a half hours to shop and get it to me. No, I get that. And like they're like surgeon, I guess, or like they're gouging everybody. Yeah. Because uh, we don't even see what the price is, really. We just see what we make. Um, and I don't make enough money working for Uber to order from Uber. So I don't really know. What the charging people? I mean, why the fuck are you uh, driving for Uber in this, anyways? Um, well, like in Washington, I could just log into the app and do it because I did it in Dallas. Um, but like a DoorDash here, I tried to sign up, and they're like, "We're not even accepting people right now." And I was like, "Oh, because everybody's just trying to do it." What about Instacart or any of the other spots? They're just not doing it. No, like, uh, I haven't looked those up yet. And it's weird. Sometimes when I'm trying to sign up for places, it's like, if you don't have a local address and I'm like, I'm not even really, I'm just kind of transient at the moment. So I'm like, Uber's just been the easiest thing. Gotcha. I'm assuming you're not getting any fucking rides for the most part. No, no, no. Like, no, I don't, uh, even in Dallas, dude, I bought a, uh, in 2018, I bought a brand new Chevrolet Spark and uh, I had it for about three weeks and they kicked it off of Uber. Um, like not my car specifically, they kicked like all Chevrolet sparks off because it's a four door technically, but people hated it. Whenever you showed up in this Chevrolet spark, people just, they were so disappointed to like put their dates in the back of this thing. Um, but apparently people were getting like blind drunk, waking up, you know, safely at home, upset about the car that they went home in, um, so they started writing letters, and Uber was just like, no, we can't have Chevrolet Sparks, so I only do the uh, Uber Eats now. See, you know, I've done some Uber driving, and I refuse to do Eats because in L.A. there's no fucking parking in any of the goddamn restaurants, so it just was never worth it to do it for me. Well, dude, you can order from places you never could have ordered from before, Matt, in a pandemic, because we can park anywhere. Now. Right? So I'm saying, you know, order those things that you wanted to get. Oh, fuck that. I am trying not to spend money like that. I've eaten out twice since this pandemic started. Otherwise, I've been cooking for myself every fucking day. Actually, I take it three times because I had to put on pants today to go meet with a client. I went and got a fucking burrito. 
because Mexican food delivers like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Goes in and comes out that way too. It's uh it's a rough food to love, you know, Mexican food. Oh, I was so happy with the fucking burrito. I went went to my spot. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I got a fucking burrito for the first time in two months. What's your burrito spot? Uh a place called Cactus Number One. Cactus number one. That doesn't sound like it would be a good burrito spot. What? What is it? Like a big building? Or oh no! It like it's a, a little. There's four of them. Mm. And it's a little. The original number one's the original. It's a little shack on vine, like no indoor seating. You order through a fucking window, and then there's just outdoor benches around it. Nice. I actually kind of like that. Yeah, I took Bobby there last time he was in town. He swears by it. So if that Texas motherfucker. Says it's a good burrito. Trust. Yeah, he's up there in Austin now, man. I miss the food. I miss the Texas food. I do. Like places in Seattle are literally just called like uh, teriyaki. Like that's just it. Like it's just called teriyaki. And I'm like, okay, you guys like teriyaki. I get it. But it's like, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of, um, I'm sure people will tell me there's great places to eat in Seattle, but I, uh, you know, we've been eating at home every night. It's honestly been nice. As a comic, like I've been eating dinner at the same time every night with like other people. That's weird. You know, right? I'm used to eating in like the back half of empty parking lots. You know what I mean? No, I know that life. Oh, I know that life. Right? It's, uh, <laughs> to me, it's like I got upset when I was working for Uber Eats. I, uh, I fucking, uh, I got an order and like, I don't know if you know this, like if they can't find you, if we can't find you, you can hit a button on the app and, uh, it starts like a clock. You got like five or six minutes and if like, you don't contact us. Like that's just our food now. Right. Right. Cause we can just leave and you still have to pay for it. And that happened to me and I'm driving away from this dude's place <clears throat> and I look in the bag and it's McDonald's and it's pancakes and pancake. You can't really eat pancakes while you're driving. And they didn't put silverware in the bag, which upset oh. me. I mean, as long as you're not willing to put syrup on it, you could definitely eat pancakes while you're driving. Just fold that bitch and shove them in your face. Well, you know, I could have been more aggressive. But I get another order. It's going to IHOP. So I drive to IHOP, and I park in the fucking back of this parking lot. And I'm sitting there, and I'm eating these pancakes with my hands because there's no silverware. And uh, a family in a van just pulls up next to me. And just parks, and they're all just looking at me all of a sudden. I'm like, like, to me, it's like in the back half of an empty parking lot. That's for fucking, you know, that's for drug deals, perverts, and people eating pancakes with their hands. Or all um, of the above. It's not for a family in a van that pulls up next to me in a half-empty parking lot. Whoa, whoa. And these, that could be a family of perverts. A family of perverts? You never know. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a Showtime show. But it might be. I might be pitching that later. <laughs> I, uh... Well, oh, this family. This family now is just looking at me, eating fucking pancakes with my hands. And then they watch me, like, get out of that car. This little Chevrolet Spark. And they watch me walk into IHOP, grab two bags of pancakes, and walk the fuck back out. And just, this family's just looking at me like, what the fuck is this guy doing? You know what I mean? Like, he's just... He's just driving around from parking lot to parking lot, just slamming pancakes. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> See, what would have been hilarious is 
the next dude doesn't show and you just end up with more pancakes. Just more pancakes. Yep. Just pancakes yeah, all yeah. day. <laughs> you just say Adrian Peterson of pancakes. It'd be amazing. It'd be fucking amazing. Just all the pancakes. All of them. Besides Uber Eats and writing, what else have you been doing with your time? Uh, I've been uh, playing some uh, games on my phone. I bought a controller for Fortnite. I feel like nobody sees it coming. Wait, you're playing you Fortnite? I mean? I've been, yeah, on the uh, on the on my cell phone. So my Xbox is back in Dallas, but uh, I went and bought an Xbox controller, which you can pair to the phone, and I highly recommend it. So when you play Fortnite on your phone, are you playing against other phone players, or who are you playing against? Um, like I think it logs me into a queue with people who are not playing with the controller. I can tell you that because I'm just destroying everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like when I was back home on my Xbox, it was way harder. It's like now I'm just like rolling through, and um, it's been a it's been a ton of fun. So I've been doing that. I've been reading. I've been uh, yeah, and just writing. That's it. Nice, nice. Well, when you eventually get back to Dallas, we'll have to exchange gamer tags because I do play a fair amount of Fortnite. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Shit, we can go tonight. Well, if we can party up with you on a phone. Well, no, I think that's what's cool about Fortnite is I think you can pair from, like, any... Um, well, you can definitely cross-platform from, like, PlayStation to, uh, and PC to Xbox. I have no idea if phone mm-hmm. players can get in on the action. Oh, I wonder if a VPN would... Oh, I don't know. I have no fucking idea, but yeah, because as part of the quarantine, I've become a Twitch streamer. Yep, thirty-nine years streamer, old. Huh? Thirty-nine years old, becoming a nerdy cam girl, essentially. What are you Twitch streaming? Fortnite, UFC two, Borderlands three. Uh, just played through Streets of Rage four. Streets of Rage four. Oh yeah, I remember Twisted Metal. I don't remember Streets of Rage. It's a Genesis game. Fucking Genesis. Genesis yeah. Sega Genesis? Uh-huh. You talking about Sega Genesis? Yes, sir. Are you playing like on like one of those emulator things? Or are you playing like on the real thing? So one, two, and three were on the Genesis. The fourth one came out last week. It's a brand new fucking mm-hmm. game. They're like, we'll make a sequel 26 years later. Why the fuck not? Enjoy. Did you enjoy it? Oh fuck yeah, it was a lot of fucking fun. Is it like Twisted Metal? What are you doing? No, it's a, it's a fucking um, side-scroller beat-em-up, you know, Final Fight style. Oh, like the X-Men. Yeah, exactly. Like the X-Men arcade game, all the, you know, beat-em-up Simpsons. games. Yeah. The kind of game that all they don't make anymore, like just quarter-stealing fucking beat-em-ups. Putt-putt. Yeah, that's what we had down here in this part of the country. It's, a, it's like a, a miniature golf place. Oh, gotcha. Putt-putt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those of California, USA. Um, Afterburner. They always had like the fucking sit down afterburner at one of those places. I like the flying gangs. I don't remember what they were called. I don't remember which ones, but any ones that where you got a plane. I like those. And uh, Mortal Kombat. You Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Both. Both. Back in the day, both. These days. the last fighting game I was really into was like Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh shit, I dig that. I'm a big Marvel fan. Uh, 
Capcom. Okay, Marvel Two. What what did that come out on? Uh, it was originally an arcade game and Dreamcast, so it came out in '99. I never owned a Dreamcast. It was a superior fucking system that Sega marketed like hot garbage. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you? Are you like a buy a new system when it comes out kind of dude? Not anymore, but back in the day, oh yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I was just like I had a Dreamcast, I had a PS2, I had an N64, I had an Xbox, like I had them all. I was just like. But these days, there's no, there's so few fucking console exclusive games. There's no reason to be like, I got all the systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I did that. Yeah, I feel like in your twenties, you have money, like for the first time. You're just like, yeah, I'll buy like an Xbox every other month because this one I forgot at somebody's house. Not because I have a lot of money, just because I'm bad with it. Well, um, I'm bad with it. In my twenties, I was living at home, so like no rent, just nothing but disposable income. It's like drinking in video games. Yeah, what if you would have saved that money? You know what I mean? We both wouldn't be here. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that would be a better place in life. I mean, you, you don't get buyer's remorse? No. Fuck no. No? No. Not on anything? No. I, oh, I mean, part of me wishes that I'd quit the corporate job I had for fucking 10 years sooner. I dig that. I like that. I was corporate for eight years. But, like, if you leave me in a line too long, I start putting shit back, like, before I even buy it. Like, I, yeah, I always, uh, anything I buy, like, I, I bought a fucking smart TV, like, right before they got cheap. Like, remember when smart TVs were, like, $1,500? Oh, yeah. Or, like, two grand? Yeah. Like, at, like, the one point in my life where I had a little bit of money, I spent a lot of it on a smart TV. And, uh, you know, it's like fucking buying a Zoom. It's, um... Hey. And everyone's like, yeah, I got this 60-inch TV for like $200. I'm like, fucking shit, I'm still paying off <laughs> a smart TV from like 2013. Why didn't you leave that debt with your wife? She should have gotten that shit in the divorce. <laughs> I think I think that's all poor people get in a divorce. Exactly. But your goal as a poor person in a divorce is to pawn as much off on the woman as you're leaving. Well, you know, that's what you do with your emotional baggage and your problems. Yeah, uh, financial problems. But you're like, you know what? This bad credit, I've had it since I was like 18. You know, I'll be fine. It's uh, it's all I know. I don't know. Like, it's like when you grow up in a shitty house. That's what having bad credit is since you're like 18. You're just like, you don't know why you don't leave. You could have just ran away. But you're like, ah, you know, I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah, uh, I'm institutionalized <laughs> on that shit. Yeah, yeah. I live in a bad neighborhood. I get shitty pizzas delivered to me from guys that look like they're sick. <laughs> This is how I'm living. You know what I mean? My, I, uh, sadly, my credit has gone in waves. It's like, oh, I had really good credit. Uh, then I started a record label, and then I had really bad credit. Then I... Started, oh, yeah, I had a record label in the mid-2000s. In the mid-2000s? Yeah. It's a really bad what, time what, to what, get into the music business. Well, yeah, yeah, Because, I mean, Cash99 had everything. <laughs> I mean, I was like, uh, <laughs> you know, what were you going to do against those guys? They, they were, that's all I talked about. Uh, well, it's also just... Printing physical media at that point was like, oh, hey, everyone's stealing music for free. I'm going to try to make money at this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you tried to backdoor Metallica. Yeah. You didn't, <laughs> didn't work so good. <laughs> like, everybody's doing that at Metallica for what money for what they're doing. So we'll just start charging for it real quick. And uh, maybe nobody will notice. Everyone will be distracted by Lars. Yeah. Um, did not work so good. Did not. Great learning experience. Didn't work so good. 
What kind of music was this? Metal. Metal, man. Metal. You into metal? Oh, yeah. That's your thing, obviously? Yeah. I mean, it's not like what Slayer's my real last name. <laughs> no, I, I, I assume that. I, uh, yeah, I've been on Xbox. You know, I've seen some Matt Slayers. I, uh, then you might have seen I, me. <laughs> uh, I hope so. I, uh, you know, you're real good with the N-word. Uh, no, no, not me. That's probably the 12-year-old who owns the fucking Twitter that is Matt Slayer without the goddamn underscore. My motherfucker. I had a kid ask me what time the other day. He's like, uh, he's like, um, he's like, I was playing, what game was I playing? I was playing Destiny back in the day. He's played Destiny a lot. I played like three games in the last five years, but a lot of them of like those games, which was Destiny, Fallouts, and um, Fortnite. Fortnite because it was free. It's like, you can tell when I got poor. You know, it's just like, oh, just Fortnite forever. You know, because um, it's free. <laughs> yeah. Which Fortnite is cool for that. Like, if you buy that $10 thing that one time. Yeah, the Battle Pass. It's like, yeah, if you just knock those out, like, they just, you get enough tokens to just get the next pass. Um, which is, like, nice. You know, it's like, it just keeps going. Yeah, they're, they're just counting on you to have poor impulse control and see something shiny and want to buy it. Yeah, I bought like maybe like one or two things, but I felt like for me, I felt like that was like, hey, thank you for all of the uh, free time. You I know bought, what I mean? I bought one thing. I bought the Psylocke Sideblade Harvesting Tool. Psylocke Sawblade? Sideblade. Like, you know how Psylocke has the fucking Sideblade she punches people? Yeah, of course. So they have it as a fucking harvesting tool. Okay. That's the and only thing the har- I've ever bought. Really? Yeah. Fuck, I would buy that too, honestly. I would legit. Are you an X-Men? Are you big X-Men? Oh, yeah. Dude, that's my shit, man. I grew up on 90s X-Men. That's how I got into uh, comic books. Before uh, comedy, I was uh, writing and like, and, like, small little things. Um, like, my own comic books with people uh, and anthologies and stuff like that from an online forum that we had for comic books. So, like, podcasts. Before podcasts were, like, a big thing. I feel like comic book nerds, at least for me, those were like the first people that were podcasting. Oh, without a doubt. They're like, oh, hey, we can talk about what we're passionate about. And no one's going to stop us. Fuck yeah. Because well, you needed like an underground. You know what I mean? Like you're fucking, we're all fucking nerds. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to. Um, it's uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's like, like, did you listen to any of those like around comics or. Uh, I mean, I may have caught a couple of them here and there. I unfortunately didn't get into podcasts till later than I should have. Well, that's everybody with comedy, so I get it. Yeah. I I mean, I really got deep into podcasts when I started having a job where I could listen to them all the fucking time. So. And it's also, back in those days, Apple did not make it easy to get fucking podcasts. It was just like, oh, here, have this podcast. Download it to your iPod. I don't even remember like how I listened to like around comics and all those back in the day. I guess it was on my iPod. Yeah, I mean, I definitely had a couple podcasts where it's just like downloaded it from their website and then loaded it into my yeah. iPod, and it was like it said podcast. I'm okay, whatever the fuck this is, dude. In my twenties, I would like go download an episode of iFanboy on Sunday and drink like five beers, just knock them out by myself, just reading like that week's comic books, listening to iFanboy, and I look forward to it. So that was like a highlight of the week. Hell yeah. Did you ever graduate <laughs> onto other stuff beyond the X-Men? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I read comics for, like, my whole life. 
You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think a Swamp Thing by Alan Moore is probably my favorite run of all time. Um, it's just like classic horror. I think it's like some of the best written horror. Well, um, pretty much every everything Alan Moore does is fucking great. Mm-hmm. You a big Alan Moore fan? Uh, uh, fucking. It's amazing to watch how many of his amazing comics just got turned into eh or horrible screen adaptations. Yeah, it's like, funny to me how he turned down the money. Oh, yeah. He's like, I have principles. Like, motherfucker, Watchmen probably made a lot of fucking money. I understand, you know, Extraordinary Gentleman didn't make shit because it was garbage. But Watchmen and V for Vendetta probably made a lot of fucking money. Oh, yeah. V for Vendetta is like at gas stations. That's how you know it did well. You know, truckers. Like today. Truckers watch that while they're not masturbating? I guess, or driving. Yeah. Oh, truckers are definitely masturbating while they drive. I mean, I guess if you were living on the road, you know, and you got to get the 45 for the president, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, the pandemic's probably great for them. The roads are wide open. They don't really have to pay attention while they jerk off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've never been an over-the-road trucker. I'm just assuming that, you know, hey, one hand on the wheel, one hand on your meat. You got to. You know what I mean? Now, the question is, if you're an over-the-road trucker, do you throw a condom on for easy cleanup on the truck? Or do you just let that fucker rip? I mean, you're already a trucker that's jerking off on the highway. You know what I mean? What do you think you're going to... Is this the time to get insurance? No. You're on the highway. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> like, it's... um. It's not um it's I don't no know. time to buy insurance. I don't know. Do you really want to sit in your own filth for four hundred miles? But also well, you know, if also like if an insurance agent called you at that moment and was like, Hey, you want insurance? You'd be like, you know what, I probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be, you know, I mean, if Alexa can tell, you know, um what you're talking about all the time and like they can show you ads, it's like somebody, you know, call this trucker when he's jerking off and be like, Hey man, you should probably get insurance. Just ruining that erection or making it really hot for him. I don't know. Depends on what your kinks are. Yeah, I'm just trying to help. Help the truckers. Help whoever's on the road with them. I su- I support Teamsters. Thank you for keeping our supply chain open. Well, you know, whenever we have, when we have automated cars, you know what I mean, in the future, electric cars, and they're just driving around on a grid and we don't have to do shit, there's going to be a lot more people jerking off in cars. You know what I mean? So, I mean... Oh, there's going to be so say, much more car sex. Oh, I'm not trying to say this uh, trucker is ahead of the curve. You know what I mean? Or he fell through some kind of, you know. Oh, whoa. Why are you acting like it's hole? one singular trucker doing this? It's a lot of trucks. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, one is in many. You know, it's like Fight Club. Um, you know, this trucker, you know, he's got a CB radio. That goes somewhere. You know what I mean? And it's not that far. It's a CB radio. wonder uh, if truckers, like, have sex talk with each other over CBs. Do they still have CBs? I have no idea. You have no idea? I have okay. no idea. We're both just pretending like we know this trucker that's on the lonely highway. East of Omaha? Any truckers. Do I? The East, honest, oh, East, East of Omaha. Sorry, I had to throw right. that fucking Silver Bullet Band reference in there real quick. Oh, I thought that was the Counting Crows song. No. Right. On the long, some lonely highway east of Omaha. Let's turn the page. Or Metallica. Ah, ah, ah. 
Did Metallica write that? No, Bob Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Okay. That's a cover. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We worked in reverse there. I got what you're saying. I'm a big music head. And I was like, uh, I was like, no, that's a Bob Seger song. It is a Bob Seger you know, song. Metallica. Okay, yeah. Metallica cover. Anyways, we got sidetracked on we need to get back to masturbating truckers. No, no, no. They need our help. They do. Hopefully the sound of my voice is helping them get to wherever they need to go. Guys, stop right now, pull over, get insurance. You know what I mean? What you're doing is noble, but it's dangerous. And um, <laughs> you know what I mean? We don't see you, but we're praying for you. And uh, you know, just get that insurance. Thank you. And you're going to get a sponsor for this podcast. And I want you to send me half that check, please. I really need the money. I'm stuck in Seattle. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how stuck you are. Well, you know, you may have to go back to Texas. I mean, yeah. Are you really looking forward to going back to Texas besides your Xbox being there? Um, well, as long as comedy comes back, you know what I mean? I, uh, I was at this point in my career where I was, you know, on the road quite a bit, but I was mostly like playing in towns almost exclusively people wouldn't choose to live in. Um, you know what I mean? It's like these are places you just grow up or uh, you get like, you know, moved in a job for, you know, like Tulsa. Odessa. Yeah. No, I don't think I ever did Odessa. What? Uh, No no oil money for you? What the fuck? No, that's just oil rigs, man. It's, uh, you work in an oil field all month. You know, you're just doing hard drugs and whatever you're into, you know, the comedy, not doing comedy. But there's often hard drugs around comedy. I feel like there's not anymore. I feel like comedy's changed so much. Where it's like comedy now is like dudes that are like eating clean. Like they're telling you about their keto diet. Uh, I was at an open mic recently. I asked people, I was like, hey, does anybody have a lighter? I was going to smoke a cigarette. Nobody had a lighter. It's like 20 comics. Like how does nobody in 20 comics have a fucking lighter? What kind of open mic is this? You know what I mean? That's that's Everybody just has a pocket full of kale or some shit i'm like so we're living in better times i think so you gotta you come out to la there's still plenty of hard drugs and lighters at open mics here oh yeah oh yeah still plenty of people. what are you guys doing in la i mean there's still plenty of blow going around well and you know california legal california weed there's yeah this legal weed is crazy it is uh it seems way more um aggressive than it needs to be yeah. Well, I mean, eventually you build up a tolerance to it, so it needs to be there. Well, dude, it's like for somebody new to the state, you buy a pen. It's like you know, I could get that high in the middle of it. I don't need to get that high on top of it. You know what I mean? The first couple ones, you know, you get introduced. You don't just walk somebody in your house, beat the shit out of them. You know what I mean? It's like you know, introduce yourself. I don't know if they deserve it. They deserve it, and maybe you deserve to be that high. Well, it's nice, you know. See, especially when you're living on an airbed, you might as well be. Exactly. See, you're just making it through your pandemic the best way you possibly can. You think you can fall asleep on an airbed at 35 sober? You can't. I mean, I can't fall asleep anywhere sober. So (laughs) anywhere sober. Yeah. I mean, I choose not to. That those those are poor life choices. Going to bed sober. (laughs) Why would you want to do that? That's like an old Doug Stanhope. But like, when do you? When did you? Uh, when's the last time you went to bed sober, Matt? 
I mean, if I wasn't doing a bit uh, about three hours ago when I took a nap on the couch. Do a bit. You don't do comedy. Oh, that's the last time you went to sleep. So we're fucking taking a nap. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, I, I sleep better now. I, I do do. I do say funny things. I just don't do comedy. Well, that's why you have a podcast. Exactly. So I can force people to hear my bullshit. So I can inflict my bullshit on my guests. And they're like, is this fucking over yet? God damn it. And my loyal listeners that I don't know why you stick with me, but I really appreciate the fuck out of you. We all do in a pandemic. You right. know what I mean? We're all lucky to be doing whatever the fuck we're doing. I mean, to be honest, and I've talked about this before, I fucking hate remote podcasts. I hate this. I'm happy to have you on, but I hate this. I've hated Zooms. Everybody you know is like insists. They're like, hey, we have to Zoom. Like set up a Zoom. And it's like people think that you're saying fuck you if you want to just talk on the phone. Oh, like three months ago, anything past a text message was like aggressive from the other person. Right. Now I don't want to zoom with you. And like, I'm being, you know, aggressively a jerk. I know people are fucking butthurt about it. Absolutely fucking butthurt. What do you mean? You don't want to get in the group chat? What do you mean? You don't want to get in the group zoom? Like, Motherfucker. I don't have pants on. I don't want to be on video right now. Yeah. yeah. I used to not be seen everywhere. You know what I mean? Like I like, them, you know, you got to uh, kind of draw attention. You know what I mean? If you're a trucker jerking off on the highway, keeping a low profile. You know what I mean? Oh, he yeah. doesn't want to Zoom. He doesn't want to Zoom with everybody. Well, especially because you know I mean? he's got to just fucking lag while he's fucking driving. And then you may see a shot of his dick depending on his camera position. Nobody wants that. I mean, he might want that. That might be what he's into. Dude, but you know what? I, I feel the uh, – I get upset about lag. But it's like, you know what? Lag is great. You know, you're 39. I'm 35. We used to fucking, it used to take me like 25 minutes to load up like a titty. And that was just a picture. Oh, yeah. I was done before it loaded. Yeah. You, you, you had to commit to a fucking thumbnail longer than most people that commit to other shit now. You know what I mean? I had you to commit to a, a thumbnail and you're like, I hope I love this titty. I had to commit to a thumbnail longer than I could commit to most of my relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Once you click that button, it's over. You know, you can't click two. You can't click three. There's no there's no poly fucking titties back then. You know what I mean? You picked one and you waited twenty minutes and you hope nobody walked in. Yeah, and you hope them tits were nice. It's like, oh man, that's a bad areola. Well, I guess this is my mate tonight. <laughs> a bad areola. Uh, Come yeah. on, some areolas are fucking bad. You can't admit you have to be able to admit that. Oh, dude, I, I've got them. I've got terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let's see them. Let's we see them. All, Come on. You know, let's we, let's no, no, no. I am on, not. I am not. You can see them through the shirt because they stay hard. Um, you uh, know? You're bashful? Um, you're bashful all of a sudden? How are you going to have anyone make it rain on you if you can't even show your areolas? Dude, it, you tell jokes. You don't show your areolas. That's if, if I was showing my areolas, I'd be making money. I'd be on the road. I'd be a feature. Not if you're in New York. Not like if you have sad areolas. Not if they're sad. Dude, there's a market for everything now. If we'll show it, oh, you know, know what I mean. Oh, I know that. So that's Plan C to yeah. jerk off for bears. So yeah, bad areolas, whatever your thing is, you know what I mean. Like everybody can find their people now, and all that led to was just weird porn on the internet. Hey, I'm not kink shaming. If you're into it and it's consensual, go for it. Comic book podcast, 
and uh, weird porn on the internet. That's what that's what the internet's given us at this point. Yeah, yeah, and uh, racist children. Fortnite. Yeah, racist children screaming at you at Fortnite. Racist children screaming at you at Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like, where the fuck are your parents, you goddamn 12-year-old calling me, you know, cocksucker? Where are your parents? Hey, where are your parents? Yeah, they're in the room next to them. You know what I mean? They don't give a shit. This is fucking Tennessee or whatever. You know what I mean? They're just being um, aggressive. Well, they're like, ah, the Fortnite will raise them. Yeah, yeah. He's a winner. He's a winner. He doesn't care what he has to say. He's like the president. You know what I mean? You just say what you got to say. You get in there. You get in their heads. It says Battle Royale Victor. My baby's a Battle Royale Victor. Dude, I've got enough Victoria Royales. I felt like I had to go to bed just to feel okay about myself. I was like, I'm obviously playing this too much. This is, um, you know, I think maybe it's like that's the moment you realize you're like, I think this is for kids. You know, I probably shouldn't be playing this at like 3 a.m. Um, like that trucker, I need some sleep. You know, what I mean, I shouldn't be up this late. Um, oh no, you got to up that late to fucking fuck up the Europeans when they get on. You're winning at Fortnite at 3 a.m. You're losing at everything else. And, not, uh, not in the quarantine. Hard. Time does not so matter in the quarantine. Oh, time. Okay. Time's a flat circle in the quarantine. This is all true detective. Well, a lot less weird murder, but yeah. Weird murder. What did happen in true detective? I was drunk for most of it. I don't fucking remember. Something about the Red King and... Or was that... Fuck, I don't... That's this, Game of Thrones. No, the Red King is not Game of Thrones. This is not plot synapses with Matt Slayer. But I, I watched it. I tell people I liked it. I don't really remember what happened. I liked some of the performances. I don't think I saw it all the way through, and then I started watching season two and went, nah, not feeling this. Which most when of America... I think about it. Most of America what? felt they weren't feeling it. Well, everybody loved the first season. Yeah, and then nobody loved Vince Vaughn. Well, yeah, well, Vince Vaughn, that's, you know, that's who he is. That's what he did. Um, you know, you got to have fucking, what's his name's fucked up nose to make uh, Vince Vaughn look okay. Oh, Owen Wilson? Yeah, that worked. You know what I mean? But I feel like anybody past that, it's just fucking, Vince Vaughn is awful. I, um, Swingers is one of my favorite movies, but he also plays an awful character in that movie. But dude, he helps in that movie though. I love I love Slayers. You're right. That is a great fucking movie. And but Trent is Trent's like a good friend but a horrible person. Well yeah, but he like helps to do through the whole thing. Right. Takes exactly. him to Las Vegas. Yeah, no, he takes him to Vegas, he looks out for his friend. He's just a horrible person the whole time while he's helping. Well yeah, but that's that's anybody's good friend. You know what I mean? I got so many friends that would just be that exact person, and I love them. Uh, I mean, I do too, especially in the 90s where we didn't know any better. Well, as a guy, you got to have a dumb friend. Oh, I have a few. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Right? It's, 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 it's the way, you know, it's that survival. You got to have, I always say, like, uh, if you don't know these penguins before they get in the water, they push one in. If that dude doesn't get eaten by seals, the rest get in. That's your dumb friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, he lets you know, like, yeah, don't eat at that New Mexican restaurant down the street. I got food poisoning. You're like, cool, I'm not going to go there. And he's like, yeah, I went back two weeks later. I got it again. And you're like, that's why I keep you around. 
because you keep me safe. You do things like that. Yeah. Thank you for double checking. Yeah, and then that guy ends up with multiple kids, and you're like, what the fuck happened? No. At this point, at my age now, I'm like, that's exactly what happens. Is anybody else noticing this? <laughs> this dude is the one that's having It's like, dude, come on. You haven't learned to pull out by now? <laughs> oh, man. No kids. We did it. Yeah, I mean. At least no 35, kids. Paying, 39. No kids. I'm paying child support on at least. I'm Mexican. You work in porn. One of us should have had a kid by now. Oh yeah, no. That's the beautiful part about like mostly sleeping with people that need their bodies for work. They're not looking to get pregnant. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's also like that's high risk, high reward. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if if you're in the NFL, you're hoping not to lose this game. You're very competitive, but you know, you're gonna you're gonna take some L's. Well. Thankfully, I've never taken any of those L's. Thankfully, most people who sleep with me realize that, like, no, I, I do not need his genetic material growing inside me. Man, you think of on a porn set, like, they don't know who the father is in some kind of, like, scene, and nobody's like, oh, fuck, we're all going to have to figure out something. We don't know who the dad of this thing is. It's kind of yeah. like, forget, it's kind of like forgetting your password on Pornhub. Oh, my God. You're like, I'm just guessing. I feel like that's the, the remake of Three Men and a Baby. It's a gangbang and a baby. Yeah. And we don't know who the father is. Exactly. But we've got three guesses. <laughs> if it's not those, they're going to lock us out. You know what I mean? And uh, no, that, that I goes mean, all those playlists. It, what was that? Tom Selleck, T- Ted Danson, and who was the third father? I don't even remember. But come on. Tell me that wouldn't be a great... 2020 remake of Three Men and a Baby that like they all fucking met on a porn set. Well, yeah, I mean that's <laughs> they all met on a porn set. I mean, like, uh, was Charlie Sheen in that movie? He should have been. No, no, no. No, no. Oh yeah, well, the... you can't use Charlie now. He's got AIDS. Ah, uh, well, you know that's acting. That's why he's there to act. He's he wasn't very fun. good at acting. Mm-hmm. That he didn't have the AIDS. Fuck, the fuck is the stunt double? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Charlie's there for the celebrity film. Well, yeah. I'm, I wasn't thinking that we made a porn version of it. I mean, that That's actually the worked. the original Tiger's Blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. AIDS is the original Tiger's Blood. No, no, no. Charlie Sheen. Right. He was talking about his AIDS. Yeah, but he called it Tiger's Blood, and that's branding. Well, I, I didn't know the difference. I, I just found that out. I just found that out that that was his AIDS. I thought he just had something on it. Yeah, no, he's just good at marketing. Yeah, it's all about your brand. You know what I mean? I mean, for fuck's sake, his real name is fucking Carlos Carlos Estevez. He's all about branding. Yeah, well, there you go. These are successful people. Much more successful than I'm ever going to fucking be. We all hit our face. Facebook was like, hey, we're called Facebook. Everybody signed up. Yeah. Yeah, what happened to Tom in MySpace? Nothing. Nothing, because he was our friend. He was. So I'm just your friends. Yeah. Your I mean, friend. Your friend got, like, on Facebook. You're like, I hate it. And you're like, yeah, I'll sign up. Yeah. Your friend Tom got fucking filthy rich and is off being a weird photographer. That's what your friend Tom did. Oh, dude. If you become a photographer over like the age of 30, I think, like, that's just like, it's like, okay, well, you're now a suspect just like in case anything happens. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's just around. I, de- I feel like it depends on what kind of photographer you become. If you're like, hey, Time Warner bought me out and I'm filthy rich and I just go around traveling the world taking f- 
fucking photos of whatever I want, you're not a suspect in shit because you're fucking way too rich. If you're like, oh, oh I take party photos and I'm 35, yeah, you're a little suspect. Well, dude, if you're, if you're over 35 and you're into photography, that's fine, you know? But if you're over 35 and you become a photographer, that's when people are like, you know, it's the same thing as becoming a comic. You know, people are like, I'm sorry, did you say photographer? You're a photographer now? Like, who do you work for? You know? And it's like, uh, oh, no, but, <laughs> you know? And, uh, I'm freelance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody wants them. People kind of sometimes aggressively don't want me to do it. But, yeah. Yeah, just. Don't become a photographer in your 30s. Just don't become a photographer. It's 2020. Everything can be in motion. You don't need stills. If you're over 35 and you tell your friends, I've started making movies. Everybody's thinking the worst. Not in LA. Not in LA. Nobody's thinking, really? Well, if somebody told you over 35 they started making movies, not that that's been their dream their whole life, but they started making movies, you're like, oh no, I hope I'm not in one right now. <laughs> not in LA because this is Never Neverland. Really? Dude, I'm 39. I started this podcast at 35. Uh, See? No one no one blinks. I started comedy at 30. See? I was way too old. Yeah? Yeah? We were we were too old to do this. Yet we're still doing it. What does that say about us? <laughs> I always say it's like, you know how hard it is to like tell your family that you decided to become a comedian? Like imagine telling like the person you married, imagine telling you telling your family, like, hey, my spouse has decided to become a comedian. It's gotta be way harder. I don't know. I told my family I work in porn. But if you had to tell your family, hey, my wife works in porn. Oh, I'm sure which I'm which sure that will happen at some point. I'm sure that will happen at some point. <laughs> Which one do you think they'd be more upset about? I honestly don't care. You don't care? I don't care at all. <clears throat> Not one fuck given. I live my life for me. For you? For me. Oh, man. That sounds nice. Well, why the fuck are you living by the other people's fucking judgments? You're a fucking comic. Oh, no, no, no. You can do whatever you want to do, but it doesn't mean you feel great about it. You think this airbed feels great? No. Well, smoke a little more and it'll feel amazing. It'll feel like a plasticky hug. This is sleeping on clouds and hitting rock bottom at the same time. That's what I'm saying. Right? That should be (laughs) fucking merch. You can do the same thing. Holy fuck, that should be merch. Sleeping on clouds and hitting rock bottom at the same time. Come on. That's amazing. It's all about branding. What did I say? There you go. There you go. I would much rather hit rock bottom and sleep on clouds than work a job I fucking hate and be miserable every goddamn day. You said you hated doing armed security? I did. Heard that today? I did. Yeah. What you hate about armed security? You were like, yeah, we just had millions of dollars and we were doing armed security and then it just got weird. And it's like, no, that just sounds like, uh, you know, that sounds like a, a night. That doesn't sound like a 12 year job or whatever. So. When I started at the job, it was a family-owned business out of Chicago, and it really was the inmates running the fucking asylum. It was it was wild. I rolled in like November first one year, like 
I slept off the drunk in uniform in the parking lot. All right. Uh, my partner had to wake me up in the parking lot to go inside. He's like, just stay away from management, man. You smell like a goddamn still. We just shit like that happened all the time. And from what I heard from the old school guys in the eighties, like seventies and eighties, it was even wilder. Like there used to be a bar across the street from the branch that guys would walk in there. Like it was a wild west saloon, just hand the bartender their gun and start drinking. That sounds like uh, that old Western that was on Netflix recently. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like that the brothers made? Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know. The comedy, the Farrell brothers. I didn't see it. <clears throat> you know what I was talking about? I can think about it. Damn it. I'll find it. I'll definitely find it. But it, it was just a, you know, it was a wild place. And then we got bought out by a corporate a corporation, and we went national. We went corporate. Shit stopped being a lot less fun. Uh, they started fucking with our money at one point. I ended up moving to the you know moving to Vegas for porn, but I was still working there because I didn't trust that I would be making enough money in porn. Like, where did you move to Vegas from? Chicago. Chicago to Vegas to do porn. Like, how do you know? Like. It's like that's like getting like a rap dealer, like having a mixtape hit. You're like, oh, I'm gonna go do porn in some other city. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Well, so Chicago at the time had like seven or eight girls who shot for Burning Angel, who all partied at a bar I hung out at, and through them, I met a bunch of other people in the industry. And because I had a security background, I met some people. I started going on the road with girls on weekends, and a director friend of mine. Took a shine to me. He's like, I'm opening up a studio in Vegas. Move west. I'll have a job for you. So I took that shit with a grain of salt. I transferred my job out to Vegas. And I moved to fucking Vegas on a month's notice. The studio never really opened. I kept going on the road with girls. I kept working the armed security gig. And then I ended up just traveling all the fucking time for the armed security gig. I got moved into fucking management while still doing fucking porn gigs on weekends. What security firms like? It's like, I would get denied for, like, having, like, a, a marijuana arrest. And they're like, yeah, I do porn on the weekends. They're like, cool. Oh, yeah. I'd been Did there so long. Up? And you got to figure it's, like, a very, you know, alpha male fucking work culture. It's a bunch of dudes. So telling upper management, like, yeah, I work at porn. They're like, really? Can you introduce me? Like, no. No, I can't. I think that, that must be, like, is that, like, a Hollywood or a Nevada or, like, L.A. thing? That, like, you can be like, yeah, I work in porn, and people just, like, understand. I mean, like in Texas, if you're like, I work in porn, people are like, I'm sorry, what? I, and I worked regionally in the South. I worked for that company in, like, Charlotte, North Carolina, Atlanta, all over Florida. Hell, I even worked in fucking uh, Richmond, Texas for them a couple times. That's how I ended up in Dallas a handful of times. No one even blinked. They're just like, ah, Matt's eccentric. You can get by by being a little eccentric. You know what I mean? I mean they made me shave off, shave off my mohawk at one point, but... Man, I had a mohawk when I was like 22, 21. Yeah, I was 29 in uniform carrying a gun and money with a mohawk. Oh, dude. When I got a mohawk, that was the first time I realized I was going bald. And I was like, oh, this is so not punk. This feels terrible. This feels off. This is like this feels like the opposite of whatever a punk song feels like when it's really good. <laughs> I mean, like I just realized I'm going bald with the Mohawk. Like this is terrible. Oh no, uh, I definitely was feeling it too. Like, irony. Like I just 
had so much too much forehead, too much forehead for the fucking mohawk. <laughs> like, how do you have too much forehead for a mohawk? Because like my fucking hairline was going back. <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, so you're making a mohawk sound like a helmet. No, no, it's just, you know my hairline was going back, <laughs> so the mohawk's like starting a little too far back. <laughs> and I wasn't putting it up all the time, so it's kind of floppy and. It, does anybody see a Slayer t-shirt and like a Ten Rings and then just like look up and see a mohawk and be like, well, that's the line. You know what I mean? I think you're doing fine. You know what I mean? Like, you got things you still rock a mohawk. If you want I mean, I, last year, <laughs> last year I full on, full on grew out hockey hair. So I was like, I'm going to grow my hair back out. I'm self, fully self-employed these days. And then I got here. What does that mean? My hair got down to about here, and because, like, you know, the receding hairline and how my hair curls, it just looked like fucking I was a hot goddamn hockey player. Is that a known thing? Is that a, I don't know. Like, I never, we didn't really have ice rinks where I was growing up. So it's like, um, is that a thing? Go back and look at some of the video podcasts from last year. If you see it, you're like, yep, that's hockey hair. Are you, are you describing a mullet? Is, that what you're call, is this you fancying up a mullet? I mean, it was not a mullet because it was all the same length, but it did not, because of my sitting hairline, could be described mullet-esque. Okay, is this a mullet in Florida? Is this a mullet in Florida? And they just call it something different? It was not business in the front party in the back. It was receding hairline in the front party everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if you wear a fucking T-shirt... A tuxedo and an El Camino with a mullet to about 80 on any highway, you will time travel. That is a real thing. That's how Rick and Morty started. That's the genesis of the whole show. Well, shit, I need to go do that. You know, go back to the 90s where I could pop a load over my shoulder. Yeah. And uh, when no one sees us ever again, you know, this this YouTube episode is going to live on forever. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, like this how Rick and Morty ended, like when it started, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it kills the other guys in time better. Well, wearing a fucking t-shirt, tuxedo shirt, and that El Camino doing eighty on any highway. I mean, after all, I wanted to get into entertainment to have a legacy, so apparently this is it. Me talking about popping loads over my shoulder and shit as we talk about time traveling in an El Camino. If you're working in porn. And you're not um, trying to get anybody pregnant. It feels like, you know, that's not what you do. You know what I mean? Well, I don't want to have fucking some ungrateful pieces. No. <laughs> it feels like you're flirting with legacy. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm non-committal. What can I say? I'm just dipping my toes into legacy. I, mean, I don't gamble. I just work at a casino. You know what I mean? I just like to see it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a fucked up person. So, I mean, you know, let's call him a spade a spade. I'm a fucked up person. What about it? I don't know. You start a podcast. Yeah. I started a fucking podcast. And you make money from it, which is what I learned from your episode today. Yeah. Not not like I'm a ball, I'm fucking balling from it, but yeah, I make some money from this. I'm winning at Fortnite feeling bad about it and then falling asleep in an air mattress. You know, I could be making money from that. You could at least be Twitch streaming and try to make money from that if you're playing Fortnite, though. You don't, yeah. know, you don't know what Twitch is? No, no. I know what it is. I just feel like, you know, it's like, I don't know. 
you know, there's a certain time like 10 years ago where you just can't hang around, hang around like Toys R Us. You know what I mean? Like, that's not. Hey, I'm 39 and I'm Twitch streaming, so whatevs. No, 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 dude. Hey, I support you, not financially. Because, well, you know. if you have an Amazon Prime account, hint, hint to the audience, you can support me for free. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, one day, whenever I get health insurance, the next thing I'm going to do is get uh, an Amazon Prime account. <laughs> so I get fully signed up for America. Now, that's when you really become a citizen. People don't tell you that. Um, is you have to um, get an Amazon Prime account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, when, or the trucks cry when they go out in the morning. Right. Just poor COVID-infected tr- truckers <laughs> just upset every morning. <laughs> We shut down because we didn't give Amazon enough money, and he got so upset. They're like, you know, everybody shut down. We're just going to do this handoff from now on. We don't want to see you. Now, this is a silent treatment from Amazon. That's what this is. With all this downtime, why aren't you writing a cartoon or a comic? Why aren't you doing that shit? Oh, well, that would take dedication and time and persistence. You know what I mean? What I have is a lack of focus. Um, too much time. And, um, Yeah. I mean, the too much time is fucking real. Don't, don't get me wrong. I totally get that. Right? It becomes, I forget. I ask people, I'm like, hey, how long have I been here? Like, I'm lost at sea or something. Like, hey, how long have I been here? Because like, I don't trust me. You know, I'm just like, hey, can you tell me, please? Are, how long are you at least eating some oranges so you don't get scurvy? Oh, no, dude. I, I, I eat um, terrible every day, all the time. It's consistent. It's the one thing I have is my brand is I just eat terrible food. I walk to the 7-Eleven down here. This dude looks at me that works there. I'm like, dude, I've seen you every day for the last however long I've been here. Every day. If one of us has it, we both have it. Stop looking at me like I'm trying to like, you know, like I'm here to ruin your day. You know what I mean? Like we're in this together at this point. I mean, you you two might as well fuck so somebody gets laid. Well, no, I'm like, he has to work two shifts in a pandemic. What kind of job you got where you got to work doubles in a pandemic? Well, and... Seriously, if you're working, honestly, if you're working a $15 an hour job right now, why are you not getting yourself fired to get that plus 600 in unemployment? I, uh, because you're not ambitious. I know that answer. But like, um, because you're not ambitious. No, um, because you don't know how to game <laughs> systems. Because if I was working a $15 an hour job right now, you know, I 1000% would be fired the first day. They're like, oh, yeah, plus 600 on your unemployment. You're like, yep, I'm getting fired today. Today. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I worked some terrible jobs, I think, for a long time where I wish I would have had that. A pandemic kind of helps you realize, like, oh, I should probably, like, this isn't worth it. Yeah. And, you know, when the, econ- and the, when the economy was good, you could work a shitty job for like 10 years, not even notice. I mean, I you worked, a, I did work a shitty job for 10 years, but I also, by the end of it, I was making nearly six figures, so... Oh, dude, I worked eight years at Prego's Pizza Italian Place in Plano, Texas for eight years. I went from delivery driver to the guy that just kind of yelled at the kitchen um, to just kind of doing everything until one day I was like, oh, shit, I've been here eight years. You know what I mean? It's like I just kind of woke up one day. I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. I got to stop wearing a polo every day where it says Prego's. I can't. Like when this girl left for college, like I knew this girl whenever she worked here, like she couldn't even drive, and now she's come back from college, she's got another job, and it's like, oh, you're doing better than me. I'm like, oh, well, I gotta get out of here. 
Yeah, I've been working at this pizza place way too long. Well, um, I mean, all you had to say was I had to get out of Plano because I was there for eight years. So, oh, do you know Plano? Oh, I've been to Plano. You've been to Plano? I've been to Plano. Oh man, Plano's I, I, like a... I had to work in Plano, so really. Yep. You didn't tell me that. Where did, where did you work in Plano? I worked for this armored car company in Plano. Part of our rollout, I had to fucking deal with the branch in Plano. Armored car rollout in Plano? Uh-huh. Is that like for a, a rich person or was it for... No, bank trucks. Like, that's the arm. That's oh, the, okay. That's the armored security gig I did. I worked for an armored car company. So to me now, you're in Dark Knight. You know what I mean? In the beginning of that movie. It's like you're one of those people. Oh, no. Think more like the beginning of Heat. Okay. All right. You know, I can do both. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've mentioned on there before. The beginning of Heat definitely cost me a girlfriend right as I started that job. Oh, really? What does that mean? Because I started the job and then we watched that movie and, you know, they kill the three fucking guards in the beginning of the fucking movie. And she's like, you can't take this job. I'm like, I already started this job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm going to be a badass. But you know what I mean? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> she didn't see this in like, you're going to be a badass. She's like, oh, fuck, you're going to get murdered. I have no faith in you. <laughs> please, please, I, I actually like you. I don't want to see you get murdered. Uh, I feel bad, Matt. That is kind of a lack of faith. I mean, you do have an armored truck. <laughs> She's like, I don't think you're here. Take it out of there. <laughs> He's like, despite the fact you have this armored truck and that gun yeah. and, and, and the law of the country on your side, she thought. Yeah, she's like, I, I don't know. I'm I, with I, you, I but I, feel like any, I don't feel like any real confrontational situation you're going to survive. So you probably should quit that job, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's like ODB backwards, but if he got his life together and didn't end up however he ended up, I don't know. I say I'm not good. I mean, he ended up dead. See, I figured. <laughs> he did do the, 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 the ballerest move ever, which was cash a welfare check on MTV. <laughs> yeah, that's why they call it Yo MTV Raps. Yeah. <laughs> right, that is the ballerest move in the history of fucking MTV. <laughs> Dude, and like, and in alternate reality, like time, just like that show started with that clip. Like as a as a child when seeing that clip, I'm like, that's pretty funny. As an adult, like that's mind boggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh it's gonna fuck you up, especially if you're smoking that weed in Washington. <laughs> I mean it's gonna <laughs> really it's gonna be a lot. It's gonna weigh you down. You're gonna be up all night on that airbed. You know, I mean, you're floating on clouds, but when do you get off? You know, I mean, it's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been to Plano. Was stuck there for a little time. Plano? What? It, that's um, that is so weird. When? Like, never mind. Never mind. That's how I get. Twenty fourteen. I was there in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. When did I graduate? Or twenty thirteen? Twenty thirteen or twenty? Eh, somewhere between twenty thirteen twenty fourteen. I um I think that's around the time I graduated college. I mean, high school in Plano. Senior high, we were right in the middle. You know what I mean? We were uh, you're nine years. We're like the libertarians. You're nine years younger than me. You should not have been graduating in 2013. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, 2003. 
I'm like, how much did they hold you back? You graduated in 2013. Jesus. <laughs> but they couldn't hold me back. <laughs> you know, that's that'd be pretty impressive. If you go up, if you go to senior year, ten years around, and you graduate high school, that should be a doctorate. <laughs> you know, like just like hard knocks. Like you get to just teach children from there on out. At that yeah. point, at that point, they let you go into the faculty lounge. They're just like, you work here. <laughs> That's how you become the manager in the Boys and Scouts of America. <laughs> it's like, it's like uh, <laughs> you're not the, the manager of a YMCA locally, you know. And uh, <laughs> oh man, I just did ma- bad math. I'm like, you're four years younger than me, not nine years younger than me, not thirty. Two thousand three. I remember that diploma. It's somewhere. I'm sure, it's right next to my birth. You know. Next to everything. Your wife probably, your ex-wife probably has all that shit somewhere. Oh, man. You know, I guess I hope. I don't know. You know, I guess it depends on when I need it. Are you two you know? remotely civil or? No, we're very civil. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think so. You know, you never know sometimes. You're like, sure, if I can see that journal. <laughs> I did. Uh-oh. Um. But yeah, I'm in Washington, so you know things are going great. You know, you don't end up halfway across the country. This is true. This is very Thinking, true. You know, I guess things were going good. You know, I'm kind of sobering up, and I, I think things were good. I ended up in Washington. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but the weed here's strong, so that's good. That's the first thing. You know, helps you forget. Seven Eleven. Due to Seven Eleven, a little confrontational. <laughs> you know, but you're pretty high, and um. You should just cough on him next time you see him. I don't want to cough on him, but like I said, if he's got it, I got it. You know, he's working doubles. I don't. I feel weird getting two apple fritters at once. So I'm going to come back twice today. Um, Why don't you get two apple fritters at once? What the fuck? The same reason he has to work double society. That's not on us. That's not on us. You know what I mean? We're just out here living by their rules. I think you can get two apple fritters a day unless you have to cast out your Uber twice to get paid to afford two I apple fritters. Weird. I feel weird about it and I got nothing to do. You know what I mean? I, uh, Not I'm expose yourself down. to the pandemic more. Well, I'm going to walk down to the 7-Eleven and I'm going to get another apple fritter. <laughs> the same one I got earlier today. <laughs> Such a weird life choice. It's a weird life choice. But dude, this guy's working there, and he's not making that much money, and we're both risking the same shit. You know what I mean? So I, I'm sorry, I'm a man of the people. But me bad time to be a man of the people. Apple fritter together. <laughs> Is that apple fritter worth dying for? Is it worth dying no, no. for? Nothing's worth dying for. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the secret. Well, I agree, um, but some people like to believe that God or country or some shit's worth dying for. Oh, why? I don't know. You're just born there. You're just born there. Like you don't owe anybody. Like you're just born there, right? You you owe allegiance to where your parents had unprotected sex. Well, it, to me, and people always say like Texas born. Oh, I'm Texas born. Like that's that's some shit you put at the end of an application when you run out of things. You know what I mean? Like oh, I was born in Texas. Like okay, cool. Yeah, your parents yeah. like your parents like to fuck in Texas. Cool. Yeah, you fell out here. Yep. You know, like that doesn't mean anything. It's like that Silverado in the parking lot that says Texas Edition. You just paid a look. You know, I mean, like that's um, that's it, man. Same truck they have in Washington. There, they just call it that truck. 
know what I mean? Yeah. But Texas uh, is all about branding everything Texas. Yeah. Texas has more pride than any other fucking state in the nation. It's like the state fair was the coronavirus, and it just spread out across the whole state. And we're all just eating corn dogs. Yeah, there's just a lot money. less fucking funnel cake, though. Man, if there was more funnel cake, I'd be willing to put up with this shit. Dude, funnel cake, you can't have it too much. You know what I mean? That's state fair time. That's, that's, that's Texas knows when your body is ready for state fair food. Always well, got it down to a science. You know? You come down here from LA, you don't understand that. You know? Um, we plucked this out. Big Tech knows when to turn on. We don't even turn him on. He just knows when to turn on. You know? That's when the season's right. <laughs> <laughs> Texas is a goddamn ridiculous place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, no. it's crazy. Texas does have, like, one of my favorite flavors of women. What is that? Is that a thing? Is a flavor of women a thing? Well, uh, I'm. I, if you're Prince, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the Prince, and you can't say that. <laughs> you know. I just said it. It's on the internet. It's staying. <laughs> I have a favorite flavor. <laughs> no, Texas very reliably has Hispanic women with Southern accents, and I'm into it. Really? Yeah. Like, what's an example? Of a Selena. No, I mean, girls I've actually met in Texas. <laughs> okay. I, uh, where, where were you in Texas? Plano? Where were you? Where were you Plano, Plano, Dallas. Uh, I mean, I've been all over fucking Texas. If people don't know, Plano is just a flat grid. It is like, if you just, if you fell asleep and you're designing a city and you're just late to turn in your homework, you're just like, fuck, it just runs parallel, just makes sense. And there's just stuff where you need it. And the rich kids, you know, they're going to fucking destroy this place eventually. Um, I've been to Plano. Like I've, I've been to Dallas multiple times. Been to Houston. My sister went to Rice University. Uh, been to Austin a handful of times. Been to... Fuck. I, where the, there was some rural fucking city in the middle of Texas I had to fucking work at because it was three hours outside of San Antonio. Been to San Antonio. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, the barbecue was good. What'd you do in San Antonio? Uh, flew in and then drove to rural Texas. That sounds terrible. What were you doing? Hunting a man? No, working for the armored car company. <laughs> we acquired we acquired some garbage company in the middle of rural Texas. So I had to roll out there and like fucking train people. Oh man, I don't. I, I can't imagine be like, yeah, I gotta get on a plane and fly to San Antonio and drive to a rural area yep. to buy a shit business. Oh, yep. No, no, no. They'd already bought the shit business. I just had to deal with the aftermath of them buying a shit business. Oh, uh, what does that mean? So they acquired this fucking company, and then I had to go out there and like train their personnel and get them on board with the national policies. So the bullshit they've been pulling. Oh, well, that's a diplomat, man. You, yeah, you does get this it dude look diplomatic? Yeah, no, no, no. You look like you're about to repossess the car that I haven't paid the note on. Um, that's a lot more accurate. Yeah, but see, that's why you're a diplomat. You sneak up on people. No, I just fucking get my fucking job done because I like money. But I, as I said, made decent money. Hated that fucking job by the end. <laughs> yeah. 
I could see that. That sounds stressful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, just a little. Just a, just a little. You know, 2014, I flew 149,000 miles. Just in 2014. Like, that's, that's going to San Antonio a lot. Uh, that is going everywhere a lot. Oh, really? Uh, I was at an airport every Monday, every Friday. And then, man, they, they just can't put armored cars in different places. They can. Just, are, you, are you just, it's like Dumbo. I'm picturing Dumbo. In the movie Dumbo, where they get on the helicopter and they just like the car. Yeah. You know, it's just like, we got to get this car to a different place. No, the cars were already there. They just had to send my ass to fucking fix shit. And then, because company policies was I could fly home on weekends. And though I legally lived in Vegas, I just flew wherever the fuck I wanted on weekends. So I either was going on roadie gigs with porn girls. Or just visiting people around the country on weekends. All right. Well, I don't want to ask you more questions about that because it sounds like you're about to like say some shit like, you know, when we just, you know, did things. You know what I mean? No, ask away. I don't care. What were you doing? What, who were you protecting with these armored cars? Transporting money. We're just transporting money. Oh, that's it? Yeah. It's bank trucks. Oh, well, dude. You know, that's just a job in finance. You just say, I just work the job in finance. Yeah, with a gun on my hip every day. Well, I mean, you know, if you're a good notary, you know what I mean? (laughs) You keep that thing on. (laughs) Over the years, I almost did shoot a couple people a couple times. I mean, for doing what? What were they doing where you're like, oh, man, we're all at this gas station, but you're acting aggressive? Um, I mean, I've told this story on air, but. I had a incident where in 05, I had a, a dude rush me as I came out of a grocery store. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, what was the instigation of the whole thing? Uh, okay. Sorry to any of my audience who's already heard this, but I'll tell it again. Oh, I'm no. sorry. I didn't listen to every episode. I'm it's sorry. okay. There are 200 fucking episodes. I'm assuming everyone who's listening to this has not listened to every fucking episode. Yeah, that's 200. Damn. Oh, yeah. Well, over 200, actually. Dude, way to go. Yeah, I'm I'm consistent, if anything. Dude, that's hard. It's 05. It's a Saturday morning. I am hungover as shit. And we're picking up a grocery store in suburban Chicago. We used to come in and out of the exit door. You don't go in the entrance, come out the exit. You just pull open the exit door, walk in. Make the pickup, drop off their cash. As I'm coming out of the store... There are two guys in a two-seater parked behind the truck looking at me, talking, looking at me, talking. I'm like, this isn't right. The nearest entrance story is a couple hundred feet this way. They're in a two-seater. They're obviously not waiting to pick somebody up. Something's not right here. This retailer, this grocery store, used to ship off big inner office mailbags that we had to pick up too. So as I enter the first door of the vestibule and I, co- I clock these guys, I pull my weapon and I kind of conceal it behind the inner office mailbag. As I step out of the second door of the vestibule out to the street, the guy in the passenger seat runs at me. Full speed. Gray gray hoodie, hood pulled up, hand in his front pocket. And he closed distance faster than I could say stop or I'll shoot. He saw the business under my fucking Glock. If his hand had come out of his front pocket, I would have shot him. I wasn't going to wait to see if he had anything in his fucking hand. If his hand had come out of his fucking pocket, I would have shot him dead. Yeah, we got the advantage. Yeah, he was not expecting me to have the advantage. Yeah, yeah. And what's kind of super fucked up is, if he had been a white guy, I probably would have shot him. 
Well, dude, it's like, but to me, that's just like, it's like, you know, he didn't ex- expect you to have the advantage. You have an armored truck. He should expect you to have the advantage. It's like, uh, well, but that's, that's, the thing. Like, that's like a slow pedestrian walking in front of a car. It's like, I understand what the, the, the rules are, but like, if the car hits you, it's like, you know, car beats person every time. Well, you know what I mean, like, I've never seen somebody, somebody jump up and be like, huh, I have the right of way. And they're just fine. It's like, no, that's going to fuck up. Well, so statistically, armored car robberies are a planned event. People don't just do them, you know, like as opportunity. It's a planned event, and well, statistically, people look for weak crews. They look for guys that are not paying attention, that are just going about their day. Because you do the job long enough, people get fucking complacent. You know, they Mm -hmm. do the job to. I think the statistic was after someone's on the job for three years. Without an incident, they start to get complacent. Yeah, yeah. And it was on a Saturday. It wasn't my regular route. But when I worked that route, yeah, I generally rolled in a hungover as fuck. It was Saturday. As we do. Right. So that guy, I don't know if those guys had clocked me or clocked one of the other guys who regularly worked that route and went, oh, that guy looks fucking hungover. Or that guy doesn't look like he knows what the fuck he's doing. Let's get him. Or it could have been a trial run to see how I reacted. You know, he could have ran at me and just ran past him. And if I was just kind of like, meh, that was weird. They'd be like, oh, that's the guy to fucking hit. Yeah. The guy who pointed I a guess. fucking gun, a gun in his fucking chest. And in the height of professionalism, all I got out of my mouth during the whole incident was, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. I never, dude, you're hungover. Yeah, I never got a stop or I'll shoot out. I never got a, you know, real verbal command. I got a, you stupid motherfucker. Higher professionalism. Well, dude, it's like because what do you do in that moment? It's like there's no time for professionalism. You know what I mean? That's that's a uh, that's a, like a really serious like thing to have happen. Oh yeah, you know no, one hundred percent shit. Like slowed down, and in what seemed like no time and all the time in the world as it was going down, I'm like, holy fuck, this is going down. Holy shit, this is actually going down. This is fucking. I've been on the job for years at this point. I never had a real incident. I'd pulled guns on people, but not anyone I'd actually ever felt was a real threat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, like, why would you pull guns on people otherwise? Because uh, dumb motherfuckers would get too close. And since armored car robberies are a generally planned thing, I'm putting on theater for anyone who's potentially watching me. So say you get too close to me when I'm servicing an ATM or I have money and I react in an aggressive manner to you, someone who's casing us goes, mm, that's not the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That guy's going to react violently. That guy's going to you know, fight us. When you're trying to rob an armored car, you're looking for someone who is just not paying attention, who's just going to comply when you stick a gun in their face. It always seems weird to me that someone would pay that much attention and pay that much attention to detail and then like do that kind of shit. You know what I mean? It's like, Dude, if you're this good at this, you should like do some other stuff. It'd be way better. <laughs> I mean, it's like it, it seems like so. It's like not. It's like not studying for an exam and then cramming the night before. Like, um, I mean, like, hey, story uh, of my life. I did. Dude, in middle school, I used to have friends be like, "Do you want to just copy my homework?" I'd be like, "I'm just really sticking to this whole thing." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, how lazy do you have to be? It's like you know, I just didn't care, but uh, yeah. Yeah, seems like there's an easier way to live than like swindling people. Yeah, but hey, it's for some people. It's all they know. Hell, uh, right before I left Chicago, 
two of my coworkers got into a gunfight, fucking killed the dude, and I don't know if the other guy survived. Did they duel? What happened with that was one of my friends came out of a check casher. As he stepped out of the check casher, a guy put a gun to his head. Another guy put a double barrel shotgun under his chin. Said, give us the fucking money. My buddy apparently decided that he felt they were going to kill him either way. And just drew and executed the guy in front of him with a double barrel shotgun. Oh, man. His partner jumped out of the truck and shot the other guy in the face. Turns out, these two assholes brought fake guns to the gunfight. Why would you do that? Because they had just gotten out of prison for robbing Brinks trucks in the 90s. It, made, it would have made way more sense if you're like, they were an improv group. They just gotten out of class. <laughs> and I was like, why else are you bringing a fake gun to a fucking robbery? How do you end up in a robbery? Because these guys had done it in the 90s, and they probably were successful with guys that just complied. So they probably thought, hey, we put guns on these guys. They're just going to comply. We'll get the money. We'll take their guns. Repeat process. And what sucks is, I'm happy as fuck that my friends didn't get hurt. But oh, yeah. My friend who executed that guy with that double barrel shotgun, what he thought was a double barrel shotgun under his was never the fucking same ever afterwards. He was just a different dude. With, yeah, with a double barrel shotgun, well, he someone says you're alive. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, he didn't. Like, he's it wasn't, different. The double, barrel <laughs> yeah. shotgun was, the double barrel shotgun wasn't real. So what did they put happened? Guys, stuck. I'm sorry. Are you describing a LARPing? Is this the LARPing? The guys who tried to rob them tried to rob them with fake guns, thinking that they would just comply when they put guns on them. Uh-huh. And then my friend drew and executed the guy who had a what he thought was a double-barrel shotgun on him. Oh. Well. That's bad management. You know what I mean? My friend, he was just not the same dude afterwards. He just, you know, he was a lot more quiet. He was definitely suffering from some level of PTSD. That's the Bay of Pigs for JFK. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's, uh, we don't know how that ended. Yeah. 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 You know, Dallas took it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? That's that's our claim to fame. We named the highway after the guy that took over after it. That's pretty aggressive. Well, the guy who took over after was from Texas, so that makes sense. But still, you know, we're like, what's the, where are we name the highway after? You know, uh, we're going to name it after the guy who was the president that we killed under it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, all right. That seems that seems like... Hey, there was a dive bar in Dallas called Lee Harvey's for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were some people that always fetishized like, that kind of stuff. Like, uh, it is weird. It's always weird to see people sell tickets to, like, that kind of stuff. Hey. People have an obsession with the macabre. There's nothing. I mean, it's just how life is. You are wearing nothing but, you know, everything but thumb rings. I get it. Green Lantern. What, what's what's working in porn like? It's a job. I mean, that's all it is. It's just a fucking production job. No, it's not. It's a job working in porn. What are you talking about? It's just a production job. That's ridiculous. You're like, it's like you being in a room with a girl. Like, no, we're just naked, but you know, everybody has body. You know, this is just us for people. And it's like, no, you know, I mean, like, that's a different job. After you're on it for a while, it's like, you don't care. Last couple sets I've been on, literally, like, when the sex started going down, I started playing games on my phone. I'm just like, meh, whatever. You're like, I've been hung over in an armored truck. I just don't feel things anymore. <laughs> I <don't> feel things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not. 
<laughs> I guess I'm just been around it so much, and uh, I'm so jaded. I'm fucking jaded that like sex acts that don't involve me don't excite me. <laughs> I say to my armored truck, I'm not that bumper sticker. Eat whenever you want, but it's ready. But oh. I know you're doing shit. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> As we get a meal call in the middle yeah. of the podcast, you don't have the fucking recording light lit up outside your fucking room. What the fuck? That's family. You know what I mean? It's a pandemic. We're all living, we're all working from home. Uh, I so it's much lower budget than most mainstream productions you're going to be on. Craft services. What does that mean? What does that mean? Like a Galaxy like Note instead of like a new iPhone? What does lower budget mean? Well, it means like the crew, maybe three people, like a PA, a, a shooter, a director, like. You may have. You call him a shooter? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a lot to live up to. Yeah. And so the production is like three, four people instead of a massive fucking crew that you would have on a fucking mainstream set. And if you're the shooter, you got to show up, you know, or why is everybody else here? Well, no, the, the, <laughs> the, sh- the shooter's the guy holding the camera, not the male talent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how porn works, man. Yeah, and then you you know you have your various cast members, and a whole porn feature may get knocked out in one or two days instead of six months. In one or two days, okay. Yeah. Well, that's okay. So, does somebody have a script? Whenever you're doing porn, does somebody turn in a script? Is there a rough draft of a porn? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. There are rough drafts. I mean, as much as I don't have writing chops, I have written a couple porns. Okay. You know what I mean. We call them wet dreams. <laughs> I like the journal. <laughs> I mean, the couple, I have not written it, written any features. I've written a couple scenes. And when I've written scenes, it was literally like a director friend of mine, like, hey, you know about video games. Can you write a scene where a gamer girl gets fucked? Use some gamer terminology. Well, that sounds like a, that sounds like a really weird treasure hunt. You know what I mean? You're like, hey, you want to do this? You know what I mean? I wrote it. How how does this go? I believe the plot was the girl beats the dude in video games, calls him a noob or a lame or some shit. I wrote this shit six years ago. A noob mm-hmm. or a lame or some shit, and then they fuck. I mean, it was pretty light on dialogue. Okay. Well, I mean, sex happens, so you're like, so everybody kind of claps at the end. They're like, yeah, you know, what I mean, that was good. Well, and that's the thing. You don't write out the sex scenes. You just write and sex because that's on the director and to sex. well. Because it's on the director to position people on what actual sex acts they want to see. Yeah, that's where a different art starts. You know what I mean? That's 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 a director thing. That's not in the writing. The Olympic torch. You go sex, and they do with that. Right. You know what I mean? They got to get it to the next part. That's editing. Well, they got, I mean? that's editing because you never want to actually write out a sex scene because you don't know who your talent's going to be, and yeah. some performers may not be willing to do certain acts. They may not be willing to do certain positions. You never know. Is it like fantasy football? You're like, God damn, I wish we could get so-and-so. She's been so fucking good. You know what I mean? That shit's above my pay grade. Really, I'm not directing yeah. more. We, just, we don't even have a wide receiver three. You know, <laughs> anyway, it's, um, we're just getting destroyed. And uh, we really got to get somebody in here with some real talent. <laughs> you know? Somebody's got to be getting touchdowns. <laughs> we need a girl who will do double anal, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we got to start getting some clicks. 
yeah, it's it's an odd business, and it's never. If you had told me fifteen years ago, hey, you're gonna be doing some work in porn, I'd be like, no, whatever, you're wrong. That's not a thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's not we like all support you, even though no one talks about it. We all support you. <laughs> Thanks. You know what I mean? It'd be nice if you supported my fucking podcast instead. Uh, you're an Uber driver in a pandemic. What's going on? It's uh, I remember doing a show one night, and I would always kind of clue in. Sometimes I'm like, you're always looking for like the odd coupling, and one of the things you would see is like like two dudes with one chick, you know. So as a comic, you'd be like, well, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Is this dude trying to fuck your girlfriend, or is you guys roommates? And just kind of watch them try to work it out in that moment. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, what's going on over here? Weird life choices got me to where I am. I mean, that's, I think, the answer for all of us. Hell, you didn't get into comic, comedy until 30. Some weird life choices got you there. I did uh, business taxes for enterprise-level businesses. That sounds fucking miserable. Oh, it was. Did it for eight years. Did you meet your wife while you were doing the corporate job or after you got into comedy? Oh, no, no, no. It was way worse than that. I met my wife uh, at community college. Um, so I was like 23 or something like that. She was like 21. I thought she was like not uh, like when you're like 23, you're like, what are we going to do if you're not 21? Like, you know, go to your parents' house or something. You know what I mean? Like, we got to be able to hang out, like go to a bar and drink. So we were leaving class one day after like 60 days of class. She was like, hey, I'm 21. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, you should come hang out with us. <laughs> and I was basically fit for the next, you know, 11 years. I mean, so that's for my rules for dating porn girls, too. It's like, you got to be 21. Well, yeah, well, that's the law. No, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, 18 is the age of consent, sir. Okay. So that's... um that's like Chick-fil-A not being open on Sunday. You're like, they got to be 21. You're like, just, well, you know, that's, that's us. No, I just go to a lot of fucking bars. I don't know what the fuck I'd do with an 18-year-old. <laughs> could be 18. You know, Chick-fil-A could be open on Sunday, but that's not us. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Not the life. To, plus, I have so little in common with 21-year-olds I hang out with. I don't even know what. I, you're 18? What? You were born in, you were born after 9-11 at this point. Post nine eleven babies. Yeah, you know what I mean. Pre and post. Yeah, that's it. You're post nine eleven baby. I don't even know what I'd do with you. Like, hey, I spent I, think, nine, I spent nine eleven in a bar. You weren't born. Yeah, they're gonna live longer than us. That's it. You know what I mean? Things are sweeter. Everything's cooler now. No, see, I'm. I disagree. I feel like we were at the right age where we got to live some of that analog life, and we're not so old that we don't understand the the digital life. I don't know, man. I feel like 9-11 happened and we like we were all like, we lost our rights. And then like the pandemic happened and this generation was like, we all got a Nintendo Switch. Just chill at home for a while. And you're like, man, that sounds way sweeter, honestly. Yeah, but these idiots don't have, know how to have conversations in a lot of cases. They have no social interaction skills unless it's behind a fucking screen. Ah, to me, I think like it's, it's always just like the same thing. You know, every generation, it's always we're all just the same thing. It's like you know, things are cooler now. Like people go blind playing Xbox; they have seizures. No one did that playing Jacks. 
Oh, no. They didn't got, have him playing Pogs. They just got fucking lawn darts in the fucking head. Yeah, yeah. He just ended up at the back row of Michaels, just digging through a bin. You know, if you're two in the Pogs, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Kids are playing Xbox, PlayStation 4, having seizures, trying to play Fortnite. You know what I mean? That's that's when you know something's good. No, it just means it's poor genetics. They're like fucking inbred. Well, you know what I mean? I uh, I love all dogs. <laughs> yeah. do, do you have any dogs? Nope. You do not nope. want to trust me with living things. No dogs, no kids? Okay. No dogs, no kids? I've been trying to find your... Been trying to find your uh, your thing this whole time. I guess it's working in porn. No, I, I have plenty of other things besides doing uh, work in adult entertainment. And then having the armored car job. What else have you done? The record label? Yeah. Done other armed security gigs. I've been on the road with girls. Um, now I do this. I produce other podcasts. God damn it. I've been on six continents. You know, I'm pretty fucking well-traveled. Six continents? Uh-huh. Dude, I've been to Oklahoma, Arkansas, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. No, I've been to 45 states, too. Oh, dude. Half full rooms of people looking at you going, I'm trapped. I can't leave here. I can't afford it. Make me laugh. And you go. You just describe your life. And they laugh just enough that you can come back and do it again. Travel is one of my things. 2019 was the first year in over a decade that I hadn't been on a plane. Really? Yep. I didn't fly at all as a kid. I flew Did a hand. Did you travel a lot in your 20s? Oh, a little bit in my 20s. A lot of it started you know, once I moved west and then once the armored car gig had me traveling everywhere. Okay. I'm pretty good at gaming systems, so I signed the fuck up for all the frequent flyer miles and all the travel rewards. And I still have six-figure fucking airline miles, even though I haven't traveled professionally in six years. So what have you been doing for six years? Just doing the podcast? Doing the podcast, working in porn production, doing security work. I was a private investigator for three years. Private investigator? Yeah, I was a PI. Dude, armored, armored cars, Dark Knight. Now you're in detective novels. You've been all over the place. Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. What's being a private detective like? Uh, sitting around and listening to a lot of fucking podcasts. Why? Because you sit on people's houses waiting for them to fucking leave. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. There's a lot of days of eight hours sitting in the backseat of a car waiting for someone to leave their fucking house. You're a paid voyeur. You know what I mean? You're just, you're just a bird watcher. You know what I mean? But people, like, fear it. It's weird to be like, I'm a bird watcher. People are like, okay, whatever. But people are like, no, I watch people. People are like, what? <laughs> yeah, I watch people, but... Being a PI is the most exciting and boring job at the same time. Because there will be eight-hour days where you will just sit there and do fucking nothing, except listen to a podcast and stare at the outside of someone's house. But there'll be other days where you're fucking following people for hundreds of miles, following them into places. Like, they're going to the gym. Well, I guess I gotta pay for a day pass at the gym and throw on a different outfit and work out behind them and tape them while they're on a fucking treadmill. <laughs> Why isn't it gym like a house? Like you can just be like they're in the twenty four hour fitness. I uh, I don't know when they're going to come out because it's twenty four hour. But I assume at some point. Nope. Especially because you got to go in there and work out. Yeah, because <laughs> in a lot of cases I was working insurance fraud cases. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, I want to catch them fucking lifting beyond their what they're allowed to fucking wear, you know, lift and all that shit. Dude, you fuck up, you fuck up your money that you're living on, just trying to bench press too much for just people you don't even think are looking at you. Oh yeah, <laughs> and there is somebody looking at you. Who would expect this guy? Who would expect this guy to be the guy who's fucking ratting you out? I would expect you. I would expect you. I would definitely expect you. I think this dude. <laughs> <laughs> I think this dude's definitely um, not a regular member of this gym. I think he's probably jerking off in trucks on the highway. And uh, Oh, yeah. You think that. You don't think I'm fucking <laughs> selling you out to the insurance company. And I'm not trying to say anything, but I think you might have a podcast. <laughs> yeah. That, and, uh, that was and all, that's how the Netflix documentary starts. <laughs> honestly, that was the the podcast started while I was still working as a PI. And that was honestly a fear at one point was like that I would somehow i mean not obviously not a fear that had any basis in reality get famous enough for doing this shit that someone would be like love your show man as i'm fucking following someone that would have been like uh fuck i mean i i've honked at a cop for turning too slow so i get it well i also feels good feels good you're like i got out on that time you know what i mean he, he at least has to do a u-turn you know what i mean to uh <laughs> he at least has to do a u-turn and that's called cool, bitch you know what i mean and he's gotta be a bitch for a second and he's got somebody here. And, uh, well, and I'm going to pull this parking lot and eat these pancakes. And either way, I feel like, yeah, I won. Well, I was still working as a fucking, <laughs> I was still working as a PI when I got my AVN nomination, too. So, oh, goddamn. That feels very conflicting. You know what I mean? You're like, I'm the number one in reality entertainment for the government, you know, the CIA. <laughs> it's like, dude, I think everybody would, you can't be Gene Simmons in 007. Yeah, well, I was trying to pull it down. Thankfully, I was never very successful at either one. So, no, I think you just described Mr. Bean. Mr. Who? Mr. Bean. Did you just call me Rowan Atkinson? Jesus. No, I'm sorry. Doesn't he do everything right? And he just kind of fucks it up the whole time? Yeah, I mean, that, that sums it up pretty well. I mean, but that's, I feel like that's, that's real what life. you just said to me. You made me feel like a jerk. I was like, you just described that to me. I'm like, that's Mr. Bean. He was in a movie. We loved him. I'm not that charming or British. And that's what you have on your side. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's real life for everyone. No one, no one has their shit together. That's what I've learned as a real adult. No one actually has their shit together. Some people just bullshit at it better. If you think adults are real, you're not old enough to be one. Yeah. Yeah. And what age did you realize that like the responsible adults in your life were, you know, fallible human beings and like, oh shit, they don't know what the fuck they're doing either. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember pre that. You know, I'm 35 sitting in front of an airbed on a podcast. Say I'm a comedian. You know what I mean? <laughs> I fucking, my mom and I do, we used to go to AA meetings. Fucking, she wasn't sober. And I was like seven. We both shouldn't have been there. Well, I mean, you definitely shouldn't have been her sponsor. Well, <clears throat> no, I would just, you know, I would, I would like cigarettes for dudes with shaky hands. And I would say, thank you for sharing. Well, 28 years, la- 28 years later, you're still doing it. No, back then I would stack the chairs at the end, and that's how I learned responsibility. You know what I mean? Now I'm working on the other part. You know what I mean? you got to play offense and defense um, to understand the whole game. Speaking of your uh, road to recovery, are you doing any meetings or anything? Um, I need to, but they're all virtual right now, and that just feels so weird to me. It doesn't feel like um, – like you're saying with the podcast, it's weird to go to therapy to me. I'm glad that people can do it and it's productive for them. But for me, I'm like, it just feels too weird. No, I feel that. 
I I definitely feel that. That's the old in us, man. You're like, yo, I dug around in barrels of pogs and I don't do virtual therapy. <laughs> well, I should be doing I don't do therapy at all at the moment, but I really should be. <laughs> well, um, it's weird to me now too, where like therapy is like the new college. So like, well, you gotta at least get therapy. <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm sorry I didn't grow up in your fucking orchard of money. <laughs> <laughs> therapy you know yeah no. normal. i'm old school enough for like no 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 i gotta bottle that shit up and have it explode at some point in my life come on well california told you that because they made you wait like, like two weeks or something right oh yeah you heard that bit on oh no it was, it's been months they, they still have not gotten back to me to get me on your state bottled you you're a wine now <laughs> no i'm vinegar <laughs> fucking vinegar is what i am <laughs> I'm in Texas, they just give you some bluebell and they go, I hope you feel better. Yeah. Or you die. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Green. Or you get a sword, which we can also legally have now. We can open and carry it. <laughs> just anywhere we want. Like we just won our Dungeons and Dragons night. And we're just out here with a sword because we deserve it. Could you open carry a knife? I don't think that's weird. I think knives aren't, and I understand that. A knife is way more aggressive than a sword. And I know that's weird. But a sword. <laughs> A knife is like, I'm here to kill you with swords. Like, I've never had sex with a woman. And, uh... I don't know, man. I'm still not looking to throw down with a dude with a bladed weapon, no matter how big it is, or how small. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't prefer a bladed weapon. You know, this isn't period sex. I am, uh... <laughs> good callback, good yeah. callback. Thank you. It's the only thing I can do. It makes no sense. <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I, um... <laughs> no, I mean... You know, it's Texas. You got to have a sword. Anything could kill you. You know? I feel like you should just have a bayonet on your rifle in Texas, not a sword. No, nah, people have red hats. You know, they let you know. We used to have Confederate flags, and it was kind of, it was like a McGruff house. The opposite. You're like, oh, don't go to that house. You know, that's bad. Uh, you know? Uh, you don't want, yeah. But, you know, red hats are convenient. I used to just go hang out at somebody's house, and they'd be like, Dude, I love American History X. You'd be like, I don't know. I guess it'll sleep here tomorrow. It's a good. <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie. Not you shouldn't love the Nazis, but it's a good movie. I. Uh, you don't want like plane landing clapping at the the rough parts. No, no. Um, you definitely don't want someone to be like, he curbed him, yay! Yeah, yeah. But this is it. way before Memento. This story is moving forward. Right. <laughs> I mean, this is but, not about to go back. I will happily like watch Brews of Bulk have sex scenes whenever you let me. You you will what? Happily watch Brews of Bulk have sex scenes. Brews of Call Cap. Brews of Bulk. Derek's Is girlfriend. That your screen name? No. Derek's girlfriend. Derek's girlfriend. In the opening scene, they're having sex. Ugh. That sounds like a Hulu show. What are we talking about? The actress. She was from The Craft. She played Derek's girlfriend in American History X. Oh. Brews of Bulk. <laughs> Yo, MTV Raps. <laughs> I could never remember that actress's name. I love the craft. It's a great movie. Oh yeah. No. Saw her at my trader, local Trader Joe's. She's just as cute in person. Good movie. Now they just stage your house, you know? Yep. Yep. Make a great film, why don't you? Yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on no I'm not. That's an absolute lie. I'm not working on any great films. I'm working on doing podcasts. This is what I'm working on. Well, yeah, yeah. I was speaking. We were both speaking for women right there, and he got pretty aggressive about it. And I was going, you know. Um, oh, you haven't even started. 
You're like, I don't even wear thumb rings. I don't know how anybody could think. How can you think I'm aggressive? I'm not, I have no rings. <laughs> I, I have no rings. I'm, I'm, I'm not even wearing thumb rings. I would love that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not thinking those, you know? Right. Or, uh, I can't uh, even snap. I'm not able to snap. I can't end the world. You ever get to that age where you hear like an ambulance and you think, I don't know, maybe I had a seizure? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, but I can't afford health insurance to find out. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't care where I live. And what's the point of me and all this fast food if it's what I can do to be able to afford health insurance? See, you just got to move to California, <laughs> get that free health insurance. California. Yeah. With our, well, previously thriving comedy scene. Who knows? Yeah. That's an equal playing field, though. You know, everybody's comedy scene is dead. It is. That's rough. See, yeah. This is why you should Hard. be writing a fucking comic or a cartoon because that medium is going to fucking thrive this year. Oh, no, no, no. You never, you never latch yourself onto something that you think this is definitely going to work out. You want to take a chance. It's still a fucking Turn chance. 30. Turn 30, get into comedy, start a podcast. You know what I mean? Like, take a chance, throw that reel. Well, that's the best part. Everyone in this pandemic is starting podcasts, and my ass is like, well, I'm. Been at it for years at this point, so yay! I'm a hip. I'm a podcast hipster. Yeah, dude. I, I, I'm 35. I don't have health insurance. I've been afraid of skateboards for the last five years. You know what I mean? I'm not scared of a fucking pandemic. You know I mean, this is how I've been living. You know, I uh, Uber bloomed. It took off. I feel bad saying that. You know, this feels very. I don't know. I, I don't want to be on the side of the Bay of Pigs, whatever that means. <laughs> but like, a, you know, what I mean, like. Well, it's like a, I can tell you, I, I, on the Cuban side of the Bay of Pigs, they celebrate that shit pretty well. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I've been to Havana. Well, legally, we can't have that over here. <laughs> and so, we don't know that. Yeah. Oh, it's great. If you go to the Museum of the Revolution, which could be easily called the Anti-CIA Museum, they have a fucking yeah. tank parked in the back of it that they claim Castro personally fired and knocked down planes with at the Bay of Pigs. It's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, fake... Like he knocked down plane planes, or like he's yeah, knocked like, down like like they're like dude. It's just, is, it, it turns out it was just a flight of beers. It was just a flight of beers. Like he knocked down planes. We just fucked it up. We yeah, they're just like this up. tank. Fidel Castro personally shot down a fucking plane with. Dude, the Battle of Britain. The British put up fucking fake buildings and let the Germans bomb them. That was all they could do. It was like Russia, but closer to quarters. You know, what I mean? they're like, yeah, hit us, but here. Wars weird. That's man. how I describe my life to people right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm the British, putting up fake buildings no, and shit. It's the Russians. Like you just hack and burn everything. It's like this is my stuff. And eventually they're like, "Well, we give up." And you're like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." Just gonna keep throwing men at it till they fucking give up. <laughs> till it gets too fucking cold, and they're like, "We're done. We can't survive this fucking winter." Yeah, you know, somebody has to say, "I'm not God's strongest soldier. <laughs> I have to go home." <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's all a reality TV show. It's Rick and Morty. Here we are. Here we are. But Lawrence is about that time. We're going to actually call last call on this motherfucker. What have you been drinking? What I've been drinking. Elijah Craig. Yep. 94 proof. Isn't was- that that dude that choked all those wolves? Maybe. He makes good bourbon if he did. That's also weird when you said a bourbon company. <laughs> what it tastes like? I killed several wolves. Like, I guess. Hey, man. You're going to sign the paperwork. If you put some <laughs> blood in there, I'm not going to argue. It tastes fucking delicious. 
<laughs> yeah, if it's good and the guy kills, like this is only going to business with, right? <laughs> I mean, honestly, if that dude makes you a business offer, can you turn him down? He might murk you. He may just fucking murk you over it. Dude, it takes me four days to send an email. This dude's killing wolves. With <laughs> his like, bare hands. And selling alcohol on the side. You know what I mean? Right? <laughs> Were you a mobile liquor store? What are you, my mother? But on that note. That because it's Mother's Day. You know, because that was for Mother's Day. Aw. 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 Love you, Mama. If you can get her on a podcast, you know. I mean, I don't think this... If she's a recovering alcoholic, I don't think this is the podcast she wants to get on. Oh, no, no, no. My mother was a criminal. <laughs> when my mom became an alcoholic, we were very proud of her. We were like, look at her. She's home. And, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's a family you grow up in, you know? Oh, my God. The, the, oh, we got to have you on again, because we do got to wrap. We got to wrap this motherfucker up. Lawrence, where can they find you on the socials? Where can they find your comedy? All that fun shit. Lawrence Rosales. I got in early. Just everything. Awesome. Awesome. Check out Lawrence. He's a funny motherfucker. I just watched a YouTube clip where he tried to well, almost fought a dude over some ranch at the Jack and Box. Oh. <laughs> at first, I was like, oh, man. I didn't know those bump fights were still out there. I uh, No, the ranch thing, that was true. And that was for my wife. You know, that was honor. That's honor. Not enough honor to actually fight the kid, but is that why she left you? Because you didn't actually fight the kid? Oh, man. That's why I left myself. You know, that's where I gave up. You know, it's like, it's like this kid's coming at me hard. You know what I mean? An 18-year-old is the scariest thing on the planet. Oh, yeah, because they you think know, they're immortal. Yeah, which makes you are what you think you are. You know what I mean? That's a pack of hyenas. Like, more than one of them, that's a pack. Well, when you're 18, that's a pack. You know? And, uh, Dude, 18 me would beat the fuck out of me now. It's just like real good. I don't think at 35 I could take it. Oh, I I definitely could not take 18-year-old me. Well, I take that back. I outweigh 18-year-old me by quite a bit. So if I could get hands on 18-year-old me, I'd fuck him up. But if 18-year-old me could mm-hmm. stay loose and let it go for a little bit, I'd just be winded and get the shit kicked out of me. Oh, 18-year-old me's thirst to live. And him just being like, motherfucker, why do I have more money than you? And then that's how it would, you know. On that note, on the 18-year-old versions of us kicking the shout the, uh, out of us, I'm going to pour more whiskey while I can still form words. I Lawrence, miss my Chardonnay. Aw. Aw. Your fancy Chardonnay with the fucking cork. It's the best. I'm impressed. Lawrence, it was an absolute pleasure. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. You know where to find me on social media. 